podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Tell us about the tattoos. Shut the fuck up, you little prick. But then I've got the phoenix. Hey, prick. So I'll take it from Bob every day of the week. Absolute disgrace. I sure this... no one will mind. Move him out of here, Darren. Ricky Hatton didn't go over for his fighter because he risked getting abducted and sold into sexual. I never see that. <laughs> <laughs> Both have been rape victims. I'm not watching Frank Buglioni live on a Saturday night. Get out of your mind. Jesus Christ, get yourself a life. He's actually a uh, priest. Yeah, yeah. It's because his brother John Fury eye gouged him. What have I told you all this time? He's going to end up sucked out, fucked out, looking for a handout. Boxing, um, nutters, messenger group. Oh, they're going to, oh, I'm going to be the king. Jay Pump, you know what I'm saying? Welcome, everyone. To the 480th edition of the Boxing Asylum Nuthouse. With us today, Steve Wellings and Andy Patterson. I'm Matt DiGiallonardo, live from Gilead. In what was a fun, entertaining, albeit one-sided beatdown, Bam Rodriguez puts his stamp really firmly down on the 115-pound division in taking out Sri Saket, Sor Rungvasai. You you name a punch, he landed it. You name an angle, he worked it. Andy, the only way I, I could sum it up in my head was, I'm thinking prime Chocolatito. That was mm-hmm. a Chocolatito-like performance against a guy that Chocolatito couldn't figure out. Yeah, certainly all the kind of... Uh variations of his punches it's exactly what the kind of impression you get off him I mean say that before he was one to watch I think I'd go back at least 18 months two years maybe slightly longer uh, last night he just cemented my opinion that he will be the top man in the lower weight classes for years to come you know he's calm he's calculated for his age 22 very very mature in the ring um, knew himself maybe not to go you know Two balls to the wall very early. He felt you could see it wrong beside shots. You know, there was power on, on the end of him, and then he said himself, I felt a difference in him after about round three. Maybe just uh, it's a hard career for Ring Visai at this point. You know, was it 50, 60 odd pro fights? Um, you know, making weight. I seen some training videos during the week, and that it, it looked like he was in camp very early doors with a sweatsuit on. As I say, he's calm, calculated, very, very mature for his age. You know, the sky is the absolute limit for this kid, to be honest with you. I say, Rungo size, you know, might be an older fighter coming off three victories also. It's still a solid win on, on Jesse Rodriguez's resume at this point. You know, he was very experienced, ex-world champion, as you say, done bad things to Chocolatito. But everything that Rodriguez did there last night, he had 
uh, sorry, Rungvisai had no answers to it, absolutely none. He was getting danced to the side, he was getting shots for every angle, he was getting uppercuts, he was getting hooked, he was getting straight shots, he was getting jabbed up downstairs. It was just insane, man. He had absolutely no answers to it. Um, you, early on, I thought you could see the threat of his power, actually, as, as, as I mentioned, but Rodriguez just took him apart. Every round just took him apart, outboxed him, outfought him even, especially in the kind of middle half of the fight, but it's round six. Round seven, I thought, was just the you know, beginning of the end. Um, so I'm really excited for this kid's future. Really am. Really are th- thinking that this kid just could take out the old guard. And it's one thing I would say about the lower weight classes. It's what we needed. We needed someday coming through to take over the mantle for, like, say, Estrada and Gonzalez. Because, you know, th- their time's coming where they're walking away in the next you know, next couple of fights. So we needed somebody. And the thing is, you know, the divisions, 108, 112, 115, they're all stacked. They're absolutely loaded with great talent. But I think with Rodriguez, is you're getting a bit of X factor here. You know, Sonny Edwards, good fighter, good boxer, but he can't draw flies. You know what I'm saying? Did you hear the crowd there last night? They were absolutely fucking loving it. And then when when, when they actually stopped the fight, you know, it was you know, the place was up in the air. He can only go from strength to strength for this. But um, this is a sharp shooter, excellent footwork. Kid is so talented, and it's, he, as I say, he's coming at the right time in the, in the division for me. The aging legends are there to be had, and if he can clean them all up, you know, the so-called fabulous four is what they're calling him on the on the zone there last night. It's 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 a great start to you know, to being a world champion. So as I say, if he thinks he can go down to one hundred eight, one twelve, and that, and do the business there, then I'm all for that. As I say, if if he he's now set the standard now, actually, he's beat two two guys, Quadras and Rungvisai, who are long-standing champs or long-standing ranked contenders of that division. So I think to say that, you know, to beat them in the manner of what he has is, is raising eyebrows. And last week, I think we all said that Rodriguez would probably win by decision and look good doing it. And I think we said as well as, look, if he wins by stoppage, it would be a statement. And last night was an absolute statement for me. Yeah, it was It was absolutely incredible. And um, the footwork, absolutely brilliant. Uh, Steve and Andy, uh, said, uh, you know, he, he talked, you know, go back down to 112, 108, maybe. I don't know why it looked like he filled out into that weight really well. Um, in that weight class, you're talking about some fights that could actually garner some money. I see no good reason for this guy to go back down. He, he needs to look up in more ways than one. Yeah, I think that's a good assessment. We know where his weight is now. Hopefully he has the ability to go down in weight, but before the Quadras fight, Rodriguez wasn't really on my radar. Anything other than like being a name on the cards and stuff. But I'm impressed by his attributes the more I see him. And it was his accuracy, really, that impressed me so much in last night's fight. He knew when to fight, when to hold, but the accuracy of his shots. He, he just stopped Saw Rungvisai from establishing any rhythm in, in his attacks. Rungvisai did what I thought he would do. His intention was the body work. I thought that would pay dividends late in the fight. And maybe that's when Bam would have trouble, but we didn't even find out. He was not letting it go that far. He can punch a bit as well. Not thudding one-punch power, but he's good at working the angles, as Andy said, creating situations where the opponent ends up off balance and off guard. Once he's caught you out, he catches you with flush shots really quickly. It was like that uppercut he landed on uh, Carlos Quadras. That's a case in point in his last fight. He'll hurt people that, that way and stop people. He models a lot of those moves on Lomachenko. You can see that in his style. And as good as Rodriguez is, you've got to factor in Rung Vizoy's situation as well, his age, his lack of activity. Over the past three years, he's had a real lack of regular, high-level opposition. 
And that doesn't take away from Rodriguez's talent, but I was talking to a, pe- a friend of the pod about it and Eddie, good timing from Eddie this was. I think he's got the timing spot on here with this kind of matchmaking, so we'll, we'll leave it at that. But yeah, Rungvisai just looked a little bit slow for me. Took too many flush shots, relied on his chin. His days at the top are numbered at these kind of weights other than a top contender. And I just want to see how Rodriguez fares against guys like Estrada and Chocolatito now. Like you said, look up, not down. Let's see how he, he goes on against the best guys. You know, and, and we keep talking about the ones that, that we knew um, stateside and they're more popular with fans over here. But Andy, I uh, I personally would uh, really like to see uh, see Bam fight the the winner between the uh, between Ioka and Nietas in the rematch. I, I think that would be a scrap. Yeah, I think that's next month, isn't it? it kind of slipped my radar, to be honest with you. But no, I mean, um, I would go with... Um, Either the Strider fight, or well, Strider's fighting his brother actually, I think, in his next fight. So, what? Um, yeah, so basically, you know, Joshua Franco. Yeah. Yeah, so that's that's uh, Jason Rodriguez's brother. And he oh, is. Oh, his brother. I thought, I thought you were saying Estrada was fighting his own brother. And I'm like, no, 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 that's no, no, no. Fucked up. He's fighting, he's, uh, fighting Rodriguez's brother. So he said, did say as if, if Franco was to win that fight, he would vacate the belt and his brother would get the fight for the vacant title. But as it says, um, I agree with Steve. Either Estrada, if he wins, obviously, or Gonzalez. I think Gonzalez has got the fan base, and that's what he'll have. Well, whatever that fight was, but Texas, I think, there last night. Um, I think they would do great numbers. Nicaraguans and you know, all the Mexicans would, would mix pretty well. Um, Ioka, Nietes, you know, these are two names I was mentioning, actually. These guys have been stalwarts in the kind of lower weight classes over the years. Unified champs, long-standing champions, uh, guys who are coming towards the end. Um, so yeah, well, I've, I've got no I've got no issue uh, making those fights, so to speak. Um, we're all looking at this kid now, thinking he's going to be like taking out everybody at this point. You know, if we feel like one fifteen down. So as I say, if 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 he's up for it, if he's no one to hide behind the belt or promoters or networks that type of shit, then look, I'm all done for it. I'm done for every single fight because as I say. When you see a kid very early doors, you know, even by chance, you're like, yeah, this this kid could have something. And then you see him kind of like delivering the manner of what he has. Um, yeah, I'm doing for any fight, mate. Any fight. Yeah, it is Ioka's come. I would, I would favor Ioka, Ioka in that rematch, to be honest with you. But, um, yeah, Nietes is a little bit long in the tooth at this point. And I mean, I know Ioka's not young, but but Nietes is close to 40. I pulled up the WBO rankings there, actually, because I know it was a WBO title fight. Koshi Tanaka, he's fighting next Wednesday, I believe, or the week after. So Yeah, I saw that, yeah. Fushi's hour or something, he's fighting, yep. yeah. Yeah, you see, you've got Kahas kicking about. You've got the Mal- uh, one of the Maloney brothers, I'm sure, is up there. Um, you know, wrong besides being been knocked off. You can maybe see maybe like some, I don't know if Son Edwards would, would, would want to go and wait for that one. As you say, you know, would Rodriguez want to come down for that fight all the same? Um, who knows, really. Um, I know Sonny seems to be kind of calling out Martinez quite a fair bit at this point. Which, by the way, can we just say uh, Sonny uh, on Martinez on, on that card, actually, again, either injured, failed to make weight, whatever it was, you know, Coming totally unreliable the, uh, at this point. Actually. Yeah, so, I, I I think he's done. I I I think I think that if if they if that fight would have gone through, my pick on Arroyo would have been good. Yeah, I think so, mate. I think it'd been pretty solid. Actually, and we we're just saying that last week as well that Gonzalez is probably taking the prime out of him. To be honest with you, so maybe also a bit of motivation as well. Who knows? But yeah, look, mate, you go down through that list for like one fifteen, one twelve, one oh eight. There's there's a couple of fights to be had. 
Um, but outside of maybe Gonzalez or Estrada, maybe Sonny Edwards, I would say maybe Ioka Nietes would, 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 would give him a decent fight. I don't think really there's much here. Well, maybe Nakatanis, um, Nakatani, sorry, maybe he might give him a tough fight. Um, other than that, um, I think he, he would pretty much beat everybody else, to be honest. See, yeah, in the I'm... IBF rankings, Matty, I was just going to mention there quickly, you mentioning Charlie Edwards, you, you know, we're talking about Sonny. When was the last time Charlie Edwards even fought? I see he's ranked highly with the IBF and all. I remember the Martinez fight when he got hit on the ground. Does he? When's he even fought since then? I can't even remember. God, you're asking the wrong guy on that one. I don't have to fight on a. Did he not fight on a card? Some sort of um, was it York Hall or something? Some. Did he? Um, hang on a minute. Here, I'll pull it up. Yeah, it was more rhetorical, Matty, rather than asking you. I was oh, here it is. Su- summon it in my brain. Go on, Andy. So it was the one that Isaac <laughs> That's Logan. Good. <laughs> it was the one that Isaac Logan knocked out against uh, Luis Lopez. Oh right, okay. <sighs> Wouldn't have even known. He won, a, he, won a, he won two rounds against... Must uh, be hanging on for a title shot, isn't he? Yeah. Not, not not affecting his position, because I haven't I haven't seen him in a meaningful fight, like I said, since he was rolling around on the floor against Martinez, and Suleiman was reversing the decision live <laughs> off the comp- off the, the big screen. <laughs> I fought some sort of Spaniard, mate. You know, yeah, that was an overweight fight. Who knows what he's doing these days? Mm. As I say, he's highly ranked, you said, mate, with the, was it the IBF, you said? Yeah, three the with the IBF, according to Box Live, yeah. Uh, super flyweight. It's there's still some great talent around the weights there, but the problem is most of these guys are, are getting old. Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting passing of the torch, but um, God, I struggle to think who's the youngest between Gonzalez, Estrada, and Rungvisai. There, um, Rungvisai is the oldest, I think, and then it's Gonzalez and then Estrada, possibly. Yeah, and I mean, there, I think there's at least a decade between Bam and uh, and Estrada. It's, Aye, easy, so it's yeah, you know, it's um, it'll be interesting, and we'll see. I mean, if there's any other young emerging talent coming up, um, that that can give him a shot too. You can't forget about those those kids that just come out of nowhere. You know, didn't have any amateur career, and then they just start banging it up in the pros. Before you know it, they're in a title fight. So let's see here on the undercard. Akhmadaliev decided in the 12th round to start using his left hand again, despite it being hurt, managed to take out Ronnie Rios. And what was at times a fairly interesting fight. Uh, Rios was a little bit in it, not totally in it. Uh, it seemed like uh, Akhmadali have hurt his hand in about the sixth round. Um, and he was just battering, absolutely battering Rios in the fourth. Looked like it was going to end there. Um, and then he was able to find that right hook uh, down the stretch. But in the 12th, he just came out firing away, uh, put uh, Rios down. Uh, referee stepped in. Uh, maybe he didn't have to stop it. Who knows? Uh, but uh, Andy, and uh, th- this kid is he's a real fun fighter at 122. He's got a wide variety of uh, skills to use in the ring. Um, strong performance, but you wonder about those hands now. Yeah. Um, well, we'll start with the fight first. So I thought he looked good at least. Good in his feet, suckled Rios a fair bit during the fight. Good combinations, speed was good. You know, as you say, it hurt his hand midway through that fight. Um, I'll give Rios a bit of credit, at least, you know, he tried to come forward, but he was just met with a blizzard of shots, really, wasn't he? I mean, Rios said small cameo was a success, possibly. 
just couldn't sustain them. Just because, like, you know, Akmadali was throwing combos at mid-distance were kind of like cuffing-type whipping shots. It just kind of kept him at bay, really. And, of course, I think the only shot he could really get off was, like, a jab. But I, I, I thought Akmadali varied up his jab. He was head and body weight, warned a couple of times uh, with potential low, uh, low blows. Uh, the uppercuts were good. Body shots were excellent. Uh, and you say that body shot that Rios took in the 12th round was, was just brutal. You know, it looked like um, he just wanted to drop his trunks and take a shit right there on the spot, actually, the way he went down there, to be honest with you. But, you know, they, they, sorry, they, they are the body shots, so that they, they just do not disappear quick, those ones, actually. And Rios, he, he could barely defend himself, to be honest with you. So I thought the stoppage was, was pr- pretty much fair because what, what do you want? You want accidents to happen. That's, or that's how accidents do happen. You know, I think the referee made the right call there. Um, and just I just want to re-reference to something. I said I'm not a big believer or, or supporter of punch stats, but I did think it was quite telling actually. At the end, the zone put up their wee snapshot. They said the stats was that Rios only landed 93 shots and took 216. So if they are anywhere short, anywhere near accurate, um, yeah, he was he was completely bossed for the entire fight. But at the same time, I will say this, as, as, as good as what he was there last night, and Rios isn't a world level as such, because he just kind of seemed to go over the line, but for me, Atmadalev showed to me that he can't beat Stevie Fulton for me, actually. I think Fulton's shown in some of the toughest situations against, against Figaro, he was under severe pressure for most of the fight, he came up clutch. Um, and he, he delivered the goods. You know, he can also dip. You know, he can he can box circles run about his opponent that as well, like he did against uh, Roman, for example. So, I think uh, I think Fulton is definitely going to start a favourite for me. And that I know he's been talking to Eddie on Twitter about trying to get this fight made. I think he's got a mantra possibly coming up as well, Fulton. So maybe he deal with that possibly by cash payoff. But uh, at Madale, Fulton sounds good, but. Um, at my daily, as I say, he was he was he was decent. He was good. That's all I can say, mate. Rios just couldn't do nothing with him. To be honest with you, just couldn't get past those those kind of like mid distance shots. For me, at least as well, the Fulton fight against Ike Madalev and the inside, I think that's where the fight is is won or lost for me. And I think Fulton comes up trumps in that because you mentioned the hands uh, as well, and I think Fulton's got far more variety than what uh, Ronnie Rios you know showed there last night. You know, with um, Dalia with that sneaky long reach, though, <clears throat> I am a little bit curious how his uh, how his jab might play in that fight. I think that's the uh, the only thing that makes me not a hundred percent Fulton, but I'm still you know probably ninety eighty five percent on that. It's yes, I think we we need with Fulton as well as it's his possible lack of power, but then again, you know, he's shown that he, he knows how to handle himself in tough situations. So I wouldn't be really kind of look too too much in it to be honest with you. I think Atmadaliev can certainly be tagged. He can get caught with the chin in the air a couple of times a wee bit. Um, it's it'd be interesting to see how he does get past his jab though, because if he does, I think I think uh, Fulton takes over. If he does, if he, if, if he takes his jab away, I think he takes a takes a takes takes over that fight. That is probably the story. Steve, what what are your thoughts on this one? It sure looked like it was going to go all thirty six minutes, uh, but that twelfth round, uh, fuck the hand, fuck my energy levels, man. Uh, he, he went for it, and you got to give that to him. The, the fight's in his pocket, and he said, "Fuck it, I'm going to go knock this guy out." 
Yeah, I like that. He went for it as if he was behind. He really wanted to get the stoppage, even though his hand was going to be sore in the morning. It was giving him a bit of grief. I think the stoppage was about right. Rios could have heard the bell, but what was the point? He wasn't going to win on points. It might have looked better on his box set, but he was sending out every distress signal possible. MJ, he's, he's well-rounded. He's a nice distance fighter. He puts his hands together really well, whipping in those hooks to head and body. He seems like he can bang a bit. He eases off for some rounds, but when he steps on the gas... I think he's quite explosive, he's fierce, he's fast. Uh, he, he did seem to have definitely hurt his hand, and it was broken or not around the middle rounds, but it didn't affect him in the end about getting a positive result. He just put it all on the line. Andy mentioned absolutely Ron Rios. He's tough, but he's limited after a certain point. It was only his toughness, really, from about the 10th onwards that kept him in it for as long as he could because those body shots were absolutely crippling him. And as for Akhmedaliev, I think he will be a tough fight for Fulton. I know it's what have you done for me lately, and I watch Fulton and I watch Akhmedaliev, and you know sometimes you might go back and forward. I've always said that Fulton would beat Akhmedaliev. It's not going to be a gimme. It's not going to be an easy fight for Fulton. It'll be a difficult fight. I do favour him, but the zone PBC thing, that's another roadblock, isn't it? It makes it difficult to get over the line. But it all it, it does feel to me like a fight that can be made. Neither of these guys seem to be carrying gigantic egos. They're both calling each other out. They managed to make Fulton Figueroa, which was an in-house fight, fair enough. And, they, and on the other side, they managed to make Akhmedaliev Roman. So if they can just come together now, disown in the PBC, and make Fulton Akhmedaliev, at those lower weights, they're usually hard, uh, easier to make. So I'm hoping they can come together. I think both fighters want it. Let's uh, just get the money sorted out and get the TV network sorted out. But wouldn't be a gimme at all. I'll go for Fulton still, but... Akhmedaliev, like I say, he can bang, he can punch. If he can let those shots go, he can definitely keep it close on the rounds and on the cards. But I would still narrowly favour Fulton, Matty. And I have a hunch that is how the books will see it as well. Um, also on that card, uh, Jessica McCaskill going out and absolutely blitzing Alma Ibarra in uh, TKO four rounds, uh, Ibarra quitting on her stool between rounds. Um, in a fight where, you know, a lot of these women's fights, um, the champions, you know, minus 800, minus 1,000. I'm a little bit closer on this one. Uh, I had said last week that I thought there might be a little bit of value on Ibarra if she was more than 5-1. to one. Well, the odds makers at her about 4-1, to one, paying 4-1. to one. And McCaskill just beat the shit out of her. Absolutely beat the crap out of her. Uh, Ibarra is a naturally bigger woman. Um, and she first sweeping right. She hit her with, uh, in the first round seemed to give her a hard time, multiple right hands in the second. Um, and, uh, the, by the third round of bar was holding uh, quite a bit. And then, uh, with the last 10 seconds to go in, uh, in the round, uh, McCaskill just beat, uh, just caught her with a good hook and then came in and smacked her around for the last 10 seconds, quitting on her stool. The rough translation, as I understood it, um, from the people at the zone was no, I just want to go back, uh, go back home. I don't want to anymore. A bar of crap beaten out of her sunken in the corner. Uh, either of you guys, uh, watch this fight. I know it's not always on your radar as much as mine. Don't they watch it, mate? No. I flicked through it and I got to the point where she was quitting on her stool and I thought, I'm not going to rewind it. So I, I, you've given me a greater recap than I could have done, Matty. I was catching up with uh, something for the Friday night, I think, mate, during that time. I was in my bed, possibly. All right. Yeah, that was a decent one. Uh, so uh, did either of you guys catch Raymond Ford either? Negative. Oh, yes. I did, yeah. 
Yeah, de- decent prospect, decent looking prospect, Steve. There's some holes, but um, quick puts his punches together well. Um, not afraid to fight on the inside a little bit. Uh, pretty fair performance against an undefeated fighter. No, I like the look of him. I think he looked really good. He looked fast. He's called a savage. He's 23. He's got Brian Peters in his core. And I was thinking, Brian Peters? But it wasn't the Brian Peters from Dublin. It was another rotund version of Brian Peters there. But putting that aside, I thought he he definitely put his punches together lovely. Won the majority of the rounds. The judges seemed to think so. Medina, as you said, was unbeaten. He was riding high off the back of a decent win. In his last fight, he caused the guy to retire. I think the commentary team mentioned he could punch a little bit, but it wasn't even close. He, won, he lost all 10 rounds on two of the judges' scorecards. And Ford, I was looking at the draw on his record. I'm sure I saw that one of the zone undercards, which was slightly worrying, but it was like quite a few fights back now. Aaron Perez in 2021, he put that behind him by knocking out Reese Bellotti in the matchroom garden. So he's definitely back on track now, Ford. And yeah, I think there's a lot to like about him. He has that kind of Floyd style about him a little bit. You know, like pushing out the elbows and the arms and pushing off the opponent. But if they can just get past that Floyd thing, there's only one Floyd. You don't have to replicate that. And he, he bees himself and he bees with the first Raymond Floyd rather than the 13th or 14th Floyd Mayweather and start and becomes a bit more aggressive. I think he can definitely go places. How far? Who knows? It's hard to say at this level, but he's moving in the right direction forward. And I think it was a good performance. It was a more exciting performance than the other guy, which no doubt you're going to come on to. I'll come on to it right now. White Chocolate, the Russian fella, a babby. I think he's what he's had 13, 14 fights now, something, but beat this no Larios Jr., who fought Kevin Ajarko in his last fight. I think Ababi looks all right, but he's not really exciting. He looks like a bit of a YouTuber, like he's a bit of a Jake Paul impersonator or something. And I'm not really sure what Eddie's going to do with him. He's Russian. Well, I don't know. He's of Russian descent or something. Somebody says apparently, but he's from Brooklyn. So I don't know if you saw that one, Matty, but I'm not really that fussed on him. I missed that one. I, 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 didn't miss I got much. it on. Yeah, I got it on for Raymond Ford. And to be fair, you know, if they would have had uh, the uh, Martinez Arroyo fight on there, that would have been a really strong card. It was still pretty mm-hmm. good. But, mm-hmm. you know, but that would have been, you know, best laid plans. Um, can't hold that against him. That kind of falls on Martinez, unfortunately. So, um, yeah, that was an enjoyable one. And um, Andy, um, we'll we'll get to the, uh, the one on uh, the upset on Saturday later, but uh, you said you caught some stuff on Friday. Why don't you go ahead and give us a summary of uh, your viewing this weekend? Hey, well, I was just trying to think, actually. Obviously, just talking about the light flyweights, for example, on, on, well, I know what I mentioned, the Heckley Budler fight just now, I don't know if anybody caught it. Uh, he fought last night. Um Massive upset, I would say, of some sorts. I think I kind of like wrote his obituary there last week, to be honest. Um, outboxed Elvin Soto for, for over 12 rounds. It came down really at the 12th round, knocked him down in the 12th, and it kind of swung the tide in his favour for the decision 114, 113 across uh, all three scorecards. But um, as I say, his butler just used good movement, created problems for Soto. You know, was unable to like, land any signature power, uh, power shots, just let you know, butler, you know, rack up the points. Um, it showed that Soto's actually he's got a real issue with boxers who do use every inch of the ring uh, he showed it to be one dimensional that's how he lost his title to Jonathan Gonzalez that's how he um, he got beat anyway and as a result Budler now becomes a potential either that was eliminated I think it was last night so that potentially puts Budler in a place to fight Ken Shearer for a WBC title just for a bit of information there. And just talking about Jonathan Gonzalez, he fought on Friday night against Mark Antonio Barriga, who's a Filipino. I don't know if I mentioned him last week, but he was another one who'd been missing since 2018. 
couple of comeback, couple of comeback fights, and um, got back in the mix for a title. Um, anyways, he's uh, you know he, he pushed Gonzalez to the to the twelfth round. But I thought Gonzalez you know, again, bo- he's, he's a boxer off the back foot, and uh, he just picks up picks his moments to kind of pick his points up. What else was on Friday? Um, and it's a good thing he won that because if he would have lost, there would have been no male Puerto Rican boxing champions. Interesting. Yep. Interesting. He, he's the last one standing. Interesting. Um, there's another one actually. Um, remember that we f- f- was it four for eight? He was. Remember that Axel Vega made it for um, Har- Harahito Kaiguchi? Yeah, I heard mm. the little short fucker got screwed. Yeah, well, it was a tough fight actually, um, for what I can recall. It. I want you to go back, maybe kind of rewatch it, whatever, and that. But it was uh, seemed to be quite tough for what I saw of it. Enrico Cohen, I think he's potentially ranked uh, high up with some of the sanctioning bodies. He got iced in one round against uh, Michel Sislak at cruiserweight. Um, I think he got beat off Lawrence Coley a couple of months back as well. Uh, and just one for the radar, or a couple for the radar, actually. I seen Albert Ramirez fighting in Argentina there on Friday. It was something I caught on YouTube last night. He's for Venezuela. He's he'd been in the, the Olympics and that as well. Beat Julio Cesar La Cruz a couple of times. So he had a one-round uh, blast out against a Brian Suarez, who seems to be quite highly ranked with, I want to say, the BF or the BA, possibly. So it's interesting. Just keep an eye on that Albert Ramirez, potentially, maybe kind of getting fast-tracked. Seems to be quite a violent fighter. Uh, and then obviously I, I saw some stuff for Germany there. Last, I didn't watch the Sky Card because it, it was kind of like the same level of shit that I was watching for Germany, which was I, I'm hoping Steve saw that one because if he saw that one, then we got it all covered. I didn't see yeah. what yeah. you're talking about. Hey, right on. There you go. So, so mate, that was kind of what I saw on Friday. I've got a couple of German cars I saw on Saturday. For for example, I seen bits of the undercard on Sky it was available on YouTube but I wasn't going to be waiting to watch it on a stream anyway because nothing just kind of floated my boat to be honest with you um, so I um, oh so there's another lumping for Germany um, Artem Haratunian beat Humperto Galido over I think it was 10 rounds I think it was had him down midway I think I think he won, won a decision in the end uh, seems okay but um, I just need to see him kind of up in class now at this point so yeah, it was uh, kind of slim pickings this week, to be honest with you, mate. But uh, Jesse Rodriguez made it all, all the more exciting, to be honest with you. He's an incredible talent. Uh, and, uh, I mean, he's 22. God, he could be around for, you know, another decade plus. It's fantastic. But, Steve, uh, why don't you take us over that Sky card? Uh, Sam Eddington uh, taking another O. Um, look, look at him go. Uh, just keeps moving forward. Yeah, it just keeps moving forward, does Sam. I was um, watching this fleet. I watched the main event. The undercard was more of a fleeting experience. We were doing another uh, Boxing Nutters Messenger Group call-in last night, so there was me and three or four others enjoying ourselves during the undercard. I saw a bit of River Wilson bent against Tyler Denny. I expected Denny to get the win. He did by split decision in that one as well. Uh, I got to the main event first of all, though. I mean, it's a bit of Sam Eggington. How can you not love a bit of Sam Eggington on a Saturday night? You see, over the first four rounds, I thought Sam's going to sweep this. He's going to even stop this fella, this Przemyslav Zvisk. He had a really awkward style. They're very robotic and stiff. He was upright. He was looking for the clock. His chin was in the air. He was swinging really wildly at Sam, but he had no power behind him. And he was look, making, honestly, he was making Eggington look like Penel Whitaker at times. But after about five or six rounds, Eggington started to tire a little bit. His face was showing some battle scars. 
And Zisk looked really tough for all of his limitations. This Polish fellow, right, Matty, he wasn't going to fold easily. He kept on throwing. He wasn't winning the rounds, but he was doing okay. Anyone half decent would have got him out of there. But Sam was toiling a little bit, one wide on the cards. We know what he is as a fighter. I worry about Sam once he hangs up the gloves. I mean, what's he going to do with himself? What's there going to be left for him to do? But he got the win. He moves on. He's an exciting main event fighter. Local neck of the woods as well. I think he's from Edgebaston or something. This was in Coventry. Good to see Fat Mick Hennessy at ringside as well. Big fan of Mick myself. That's what Ben Shalom has to look forward to as he advances in his years. A Mick physique block, blocking people at ringside so they can't see what's going on. But anyway, yeah, that was Sam Egginton. He got the win. Denny got the win as well. Adam Azim. I went for a slash whenever Loffitt, I think it was, was coming into the ring. By the time that I got back again, they were waving the tail and the fight was all over. He's like 4-0, 5-0, just banging people out for fun. They're going to have to try and find somebody who's going to do the distance with him. Didn't see Gibbs, McKenna, Benjamin, Thompson, any of those guys. Artingstall, I saw her warming up in the changing rooms, didn't see the fight. I saw Dylan Chima, uh, big entrance. I, everyone was having a great time. Seen him on Twitter as well. Not much of a fighter, to be honest. Stu Green is a tough guy, better than his record suggests. But Chima was getting touched up. Maybe he was throwing a few bombs, seeing if he could hurt Green and maybe get the stoppage because he was the excitement of the occasion was getting to him or something. But I don't know, I, don't, I fear for his prospects. I thought he took a lot of shots against what is effectively a journeyman. But that's what I saw of the card. As for Eggington, you can't go wrong with a bit of Eggington on a Saturday night. We've seen him in the past against Cheeseman, against that guy on Channel 5. Felt like a Channel 5 card. Mick at ringside. Amir Khan was there. He was having a great time as well. Good atmosphere. Overall, some of the standard of the fights wasn't the best from what I saw. But yeah, Sam, good stuff on a Saturday night. Fantastic. Uh, I've we... got one for uh, Steve will love this one though mate uh, just to kind of cover up the Saturday stuff as well Ronnie Gabble yes uh, for Germany 37 I believe he is 38 years old fights for the WBU title there last night against a Victor Plotnikov who hadn't won a fight I believe from 2015 I want to say uh, 2015 it was anyways WBU title fight the announcement gets you know obviously gets announced I thought Plotnikov won the fight uh, and they gave it to that Ronnie Gabble. Uh, the MC made a complete cunt of the fucking announcement. Anyways, Tim Boxeo, I don't know if he's listening, he'd actually tweeted it, they'd actually changed the decision and given it to Plotnikov and gave him the belt there. So he's the new WBU world champion. So fair play to Plotnikov. Had they won a fight uh, in, what, seven years? And there he is. So fair play to the guy. There you go. Um, we got a few questions here. It's a slow week. Uh, there, there's no Oz. There, there's a card on here I was going to mention. <laughs> the previous thinking, hey, maybe Oz knows this one. I'm a little worried now. It's going to come up blank on that, but I got names. I've got names. Uh, we got a question here from Joe Kennedy. Our good friend Joe says, What do you lads think of Michael Spinks as a fighter? Beat Cooney Holmes twice. Kawi, Eddie Gregory, Marvin Johnson, and many more, but you rarely hear his name mentioned with other great fighters of the same era. Steve. Yes, well, I will caveat this first of all by saying this was before my time. It was before all of our time, so I'm only looking back at it with hindsight. Um, obviously, my overriding thoughts about Spinks was him getting knocked out by Tyson, and he never thought uh, fought again. And, of course, there was the first Holmes fight, controversial, Holmes was there on the verge of breaking Marciano's record and Spinks managed to get the win. I was a big fan of Dwight Mohamed Carway. Eddie Gregory went on to become Eddie Mustafa Mohamed. I love that era. Regular listeners of this show will know that. 
Matthew Saad Mohammed was my favourite. Probably slightly before Spinks. He beat Marvin Johnson twice. Spinks beat Johnson as well. But Spinks will clearly punch. The fact that he knocked out Cooney up at heavyweight. He got some good knockout wins up at heavyweight as well. He was definitely a banger. Stylistically, I was never the biggest fan of him. I thought he had a really awkward style. Like, it was, it was kind of disjointed almost. He, he leapt in with that left hand, that left jab, that left hook. And that led to, like, being... Andy's, Andy's put bad knees. I didn't realise that actually, Andy, so that kind of fits in there. A lot of awkward exchanges, a lot of tying up and grappling. I remember the it was either the first or the second Holmes fight. It was awkward. The referee was having to break them up all the time. And, he, yeah, bad knees makes absolute sense. Very stiff kind of legged. Like, he was leaning over his knees. His ankles, I was going to say, weren't quite there. But, I mean, he was very effective, very awkward, very effective. Could clearly punch from a fighting family. You know, you've got Leon, Corey came after him. Look at those names there. Cooney, Holmes, Corey, Gregory, Johnson. You ain't a bad fighter if you're beating the guys of that calibre. Lineal champion as well. Moved up from light heavyweight to heavyweight. Had a good career, made some money. Joe Kennedy's right. Why don't we mention Michael Spinks more of a fighter as a fighter? Hopefully, he's got his just due tonight on the on the asylum. A- Andy, who do you think was the best Spinks that oh, was Michael. a professional fighter? Michael, mate, without All right. The other one was just a waster, but although he, he achieved great things, I must admit. Corey is underrated, though. Uh, Corey, aye, Corey he, he's, he was not good on the eye, but he's got a really strong resume when you're talking yeah. about tr- early 2000s, around 147, 154. When you talk about the light heavyweight division, you know, historically, anyway, it's no one that gets a lot of love as such because it was always classed before, like, the original eight, eight weight divisions, it was always classed as, like, the fucking. You know, the playground before you can move up to heavyweight. You know, it was unheard of, really, that many heavyweights went up, light heavyweights went up and won the heavyweight title. But Spinks was, you know, as, as Steve says, he was he was tall, he, he boxed well enough, and he carried a very, very strong punch. Good job. No many, I also agree with Steve, no many of his fights actually were, were great to watch, but as I says, when they put it together, you know, he was he was fantastic. This was a guy who was like, you know, trained by Eddie Futch, by the way. So, you know, one of the great teachers of the sport. And that era as well, a light heavyweight, you've as you said, you got fucking Murray Sutherland, you had um Dwight Muhammad Kawi has been mentioned, Eddie Davis was sure I'm sure he was there. Jerry Celestine, who'd been round the, the block with a few guys, the great Matthew Sad Muhammad. You know, no much can be. You know, nothing else can be said about that guy. I, you know, he needs a movie made about him. He's 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 got that type of life story. Um, yeah, look, he was a good fighter. You know, he got. I would say his last fight that I watched, you know, in recent terms, would be Larry Holmes. Um, I need to go and see if I've got the scorecard somewhere uh, on my office, but I've got them somewhere. But I'm sure it was one of those fights where I had possibly Holmes winning. One of the, I think it might have had Holmes one in the first fight, then Spinks one in the second fight, possibly. Uh, I'm sure he had the rematch. And you say you just saw the fear in his eyes, man, the night he fought Tyson. Tyson was just at that point was just a killer machine. Um just to qualify the bad knees comment, um, if you look at some of his fights, you won't see him wearing uh, knee sleeves or knee braces. I'm sure he maybe had both knees tied up that night against Tyson actually. And it seemed it was at eighty seven seconds. Well, you did yeah. the right thing, I suppose. Not man. That was Pete Tyson, wasn't yeah. it? It's it Pete. just like just like Yuri Foreman, man. Poor son of bitches. It was one of those. It was one of those punches you actually never saw land. It was so quick, so devastating. You're like, where did that? Because because Spinks had his his back to the camera at the time. You're like, where the fuck did that land? But yeah, look, you just saw it. But look, he was a very 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 talented fighter. 
Um, just wasn't easy to watch sometimes, shall I say. Um, and that's maybe the reason why he doesn't get as, as much love as some of the greats usually do. There you go. So thank you so much for the question there, Mr. Kennedy. We appreciate you, sir. Matty, for, for the audio listeners, can I just read out that comment from sure. Des that you sure. put on there? Yeah, Des, Des uh, boxed to a good standard. He put up on the comments here in case anybody can't see it. Eddie Gregory trained me at the Peacock for a while. Absolute gentleman he was. Spinks was an amazing fighter, so was his brother. Both lunatics and real roughhouses, so I thought that was worth mentioning. Yeah, I've seen a story um, with his brother actually. It was was it Butch Lewis, was his manager, and he was like saying to him, "Look, we find him lying sleeping in his bed when he should be doing woodwork." And Butch Lewis was like, "Right, okay, fuck it, I'm done with you. I'm walking. I'm I'm leaving. I'm away." And finally, he comes running after him. Butch, Butch, he's trying to get his fucking uh, his sweat. So, Butch, I'm going to start running. I'm going to start training. I'm going to start this. So, I just say, absolute madman. It was uh, one thing I always uh, always remember about his career, at least, was when he, when he fought Dwight Muhammad Kawi, and he's trying to hook fucking Kawi in the face with like four or five hooks, and he just keeps pulling his chin back. It was one of those great moments in fucking history that he just leaves his chin in the air there to get, you know, to get tagged, and he's like, nah, he can't touch me, he cannot touch me. So Kawi uh, was another favourite. Back in the old, that was bitching, that era, man, 1975 up to about the mid-80s. Like heavyweight cruiserweight it was just fucking bitching. Great yeah, Yaki Lopez, didn't you? John yep. Conte, all them boys. Yep. John yeah. Conte, ex-champion as well, mate. Corey yeah, was they... class because he was so small, wasn't he? We've done punches from the past before. He was uh, like five Flanagan. foot seven. The, the Camden Finnegan, sorry. Finnegan. He yeah. had long-ass arms for his height, yeah. though. Oh, he did, yeah. He was great for you to call it. Yeah, I know yeah. many come out of federal prison by having become a official, you know, legit world champions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> there's some stories there. Ron Lyle fucking went to prison yeah. for Colorado. Uh, no, I've covered Ron Lyle. As covered well. Ron Lyle as well. He was yeah. a bad man, by the way. He was, dude. He could have been anything, by he could have been a basketball player, NFL player. Just got caught up in the wrong company and uh, fucking shanking people. I so, think this. My this this old guy that he used to play some golf with his name was Louie, and he used to uh, do well, a little bit of, for you, Nick of the Woods as well. Eh? All that it's so so Louis Louis used to train do a little bit of training uh, like amateurs and some pro you know more just assistant in Denver around you know like the uh, the seventies and eighties. So he knew Ron Lyle uh, when he came out of the can and he was trained around there. And he said he said he was a straight asshole. But he said he's like a kid would come up to him for an autograph or something. He's like that. Be like, no, nah, man, get the fuck away from me. But he said like if a woman would approach him or something like that, he'd be like, yeah, yeah, baby, yeah, I can do that for you. No problem. Well, he's been stuck in federal prison for the best part of 10 years. But he's paid them to do, man. He's trying try to make up for the lost time, isn't he? Had to t- uh, try to catch up with uh, Wilt Chamberlain somehow. He couldn't catch a break, could he, Ron? He was from the projects in prison. Even after his retirement, he got caught up in a couple of murders, yeah. didn't he? he? had to spend all of his time That's trying right. to fight them off. You remember he was like a bouncer, wasn't he? I think yep. in Las Vegas or something. Just couldn't yep. catch a break, man. I think, I think one of his mates for prison, for his prison days, had come to visit him. And I think they ended up killing him or something, or shooting him in self-defense <laughs> or something like that. I, so I, wild. I, I actually think, uh, God, who was it? I, was it? Was it? No, no, God, it was, uh, it was I think it was... Jim Brown, the football player, the movie Mars Aye. Attacks. I think that the, his character was modeled off of Ron Lyle because remember he was the greeter dressed up like a uh, fucking Spartan or some shit like that. There you go. And, he's, and I don't eat pork. 
really? You Ron, don't eat pork. <laughs> Ron, Ron Lyle was involved in the greatest stare-down in history, in my opinion. Like, that fucking George Foreman stare-down is epic. <laughs> fucking Howard Cosell's literally going to be cooking orgasm in his pants, man. He's like, look at this! Well, I, I'm sure you guys have done that punches from the past. Adam. Yeah, we did, yeah. That, 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 that fight didn't fail from, from any, from fucking stare-down all the way to the fight itself. I mean, that fight was, was exactly Violence as it was. personified, that's what that was, mate. Well, and putting down Big George like that, and not an exhausted Big George, a full tank Big George. Fuck me, that, that's dropped, no joke. He could drop. He could literally could drop like a bag of cement out a fucking three-story window, man. The way you hit the fucking canvas. Hey, yeah. Fuck me. God, I'm. You know, my. I'm just. I'm just loose on my seventies heavyweight boxing. Did Ron Lyle ever fight Ernie Shavers? Um, I think he might have, mate. Give me a second, I'll just double check that. But um, I remember fighting Ali as well. But Ali he had him yeah. rocking all the place. Yeah, he knocked out, he knocked out Shavers in 75. There you go. Before the no Foreman shit. fight, the fight before. Uh-huh. There you go. And, and, this I... was, and the Foreman loyal fight was Foreman's first fight back after losing to Ali, wasn't it? Yep. Mm-hmm. That's right. Talk about That's going crazy. in at the deep end. George showed some balls after losing to Ali and then going in against Loyal, getting hurt, getting dropped. Or, you know, I tell you what, he, he he showed some balls, I think, George. The other, the other thing as well is I mean, he'd actually, even coming up as as, as as a pro Lyle, you know, although he started late, I mean, look at the names he fucking fought. Buster Mathis, right? Greg, Gregorio Peralta, who'd been in with four minutes, but I think he might have fought him twice. Jurgen Blund, who I'm sure Ali fought. And you then got yeah, Oscar Bonavina. Who was not a fucking easy night's work for anybody? Frazier, didn't they? Frazier fought Ali, fought them all. Jimmy Ellis, Jimmy Young, he lost to him. Jimmy Young was never an easy night's fight. I think um, Jimmy Young no beat Foreman, or I think it was somebody else at this point. Um, he, he beat somebody of note because, he did, like he I said, Foreman. I'm loose on that. Either. Didn't he beat Foreman? Like, that that was, Foreman the Toyers. That was a, that was the night that Foreman uh, met God for the first time. That's what it was. It was uh, who was in his corner? Who was the great uh, Gil Clancy was in Foreman's corner that night, and he says uh, Jesus came to meet him in the change room. Apparently, he says it wasn't that. He says it was just dehydration and, and like, hallucination. But George, <laughs> George, George met you know the beardy man that night, and ever since then he went away for what was it, 10, 20 years, whatever it was, and became an old day minister. In, he came yep. back in '88, and he came back to raise money for yep, his for church. church. Yep. Yeah. His comeback, I still think that George Foreman's comeback is one of the most amazing feats in sports. As far as, like, if you think, like, boxing and age, Foreman's comeback, Bernard Hopkins' career in his 40s, Archie Moore, like, those, that, that shit's fucking incredible. Absolutely yeah. incredible. You know, that, I mean, that's up to Arslan, though, mate. Look at Farrah Arslan, he's fucking 52, still going at it. <laughs> Chasing all that smoke. In a, in, a, in a fucking stadium <laughs> named after him, isn't it? <laughs> Here, how's the thing to you, Steve, when you mentioned the fucking grill? It wasn't the Foreman wasn't meant to be the person that was meant to be uh, the first dibs on that, actually. Who was it? I think it was Ali. Holyfield oh, bought out Holyfield. Grill, as well, I think. There was somebody no. who passed over on it. Uh-huh. Holyfield, Holyfield bought out a grill or... So, no, oh, I can't remember. God, we've really Quite got possibly. off the deep end now. Now we're, yeah. now we're talking appliances. Yeah, we're going, but you're we're right. Going. Somebody turned down the George Foreman <laughs> grill and then George took it on. It, it, it wasn't That's Mike. It, it wasn't Mike Tyson. I I, I swear to God, it might have been Ali. I'm gonna do a minute. I'm gonna search this. This is day my not in there. Uh, Sometimes people in the chat put something in there. Oh, it was Hulk Hogan. Apparently, it was Hulk Hogan. <laughs> okay. There you go. A hundred sixty-one million dollar mistake. Apparently, a hundred sixty-one million pounds. Sorry, mistake. Yeah, he, Foreman he made, made more off the grills, didn't he? Than he did boxing. Yeah. 
Jesus. Hulk Hogan, there's something else just dropped it in there as well. Dude, those commercials would have been great. The 28-inch pythons are going to cook a 28-inch porterhouse, brother. <laughs> you eat your vitamins and take your steroids, brother. But also, eat your meat off the Hulk Hogan grill. <laughs> I tell you what, some of those wrestling promos back in the 80s, my mother were full of cocaine. It was absolutely amazing. <laughs> their eyes are popping out their eyes. Their eyes are just popping out Dude, of their veins are like red raw. Andy, you have access, you guys all have access to watch whatever you want. If you get a chance, watch the Beyond the Ring series that Vice has out there. Like, wrestling has some of the craziest fucking stories that you could ever imagine. Like, this shit's, it, be- oh, it's, this shit's beyond. It's the Owen Hart, the Von Erich brothers, fucking Ultimate Warrior shit. Like, shit's fucking crazy shit. Yeah, Matty, terrible. funny you should mention that. Actually, Ty Ames, friend of the pod, shout out, sent me a, a link. I don't know if it was Vice or one of them channels. Apparently, back in the 80s or the 90s, wrestling did like a boxing style tournament and they all boxed like it was not i'd never heard yeah it was in the 90s yeah and and they wanted to show it all who the hardest wrestler was it was a really interesting documentary actually i'd recommend that to watch that oh and it fucked up some people's careers yeah the guy who won it man they didn't want him to win it and they made a right mess of him Mm -hmm. yeah well didn't he he knocked out dan severn didn't he he knocked out the hard man who was the, they wanted him to be the toughest wrestler. But the, this who other was guy the UFC fighter? Out. Yeah, I think it was the I, UFC fighter. I don't, I don't know was... who they were, Matty, but it was an interesting watch. Anyway, Ames put me onto it. Really good watch. Yeah, it's that that whole series is fucking crazy. Like, uh, boxing and professional ra- wrestling are, are equally as fucking bad. Bart Gun. Yeah. Yeah, Ames Bart and Billy Bart Gun. Gun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're, they're a tag team, the smoking guns in the 90s. And then, uh, and Billy. Uh, became part of DX, and that was all Shawn Michaels, Hunter Helmsley, and shit. Um, yeah, 90s epic wrestling. Anyways, I could go off on that yeah. forever. Joe but Kennedy, it, be sorry you ever answered, asked that question. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah, fell asleep yeah, now. That's yeah. what he's happened. Yeah, he's fell asleep. Yeah, look, look at where we ended up here. <laughs> oh, that, well, to be fair, Steve, this is just how bad the boxing calendar <laughs> is. And I, I just want to point this out, that what a negative it's been. For MTK Global to have dropped out because we would have had more boxing. And that shit was usually on ESPN. I could watch it. We got more super chats when MTK Global was in business. Yeah. The, the negatives. Yeah. The thoughts of Matty are not necessarily the thoughts of the asylum. <laughs> I think it's, 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 Germany's got more cards on this week than what they had in the UK. It was fucking insane. At <laughs> least <Italy's> the same. <coughs> Fuck, I'm surprised they're letting them do that. Fucking with all the power issues they're having over there. It's insane. Turning off the nukes, putting on the coal. Crazy fucks. Anyways, we got another question in there. Let's see here. Uh, let's, uh, Declan uh, asks us, a uh, uh, question for the pod. Who would have been the favorite if Edwin Valero had have fought Asalino Freitas? I always uh, wanted that fight to happen. Who would the guys pick if it happened 2005-6 when both arguably in their respective primes? I don't think that was Valero's prime. I don't think Valero ever got to his prime because his ring Mm -hmm. IQ was going up. Andy, your thoughts? Uh, I'm taking Valero, mate, every day of the week. Fetus is as good as what he was. Um, He he could punch as well. I just don't think he he would have coped well with the pressure that Valero would have put on him. Maybe with a maybe ding Valero up a wee bit, but that was just a mental wee bastard, to be honest with you. And it's maybe, I'm maybe kind of overhyping him a wee bit because of how his career ended and he never really kind of like, you know, saw his, you know, he never achieved what he should have achieved, shall we say. But there's there's, there's no, no dispute that Fretis in his own right was an absolute tremendous fighter. Um, they even say that he was as, as equal in Brazil as to what Michael Jordan was in America. That's fucking massive, mate. So, as I say, he's, Good fighter, but I just think you know the frost, uh, 
you know, the ferocity that Valero would, would would have brought actually would have probably would have seen it done in the end. Um, who, who can forget that fucking great fight that he had with um, uh, with Barrios and, and Freitas, which was also covering punches for the past. One of the all-time great uh, endings, actually. You see Barrios just stood up on one leg, just teetering all over the place. It was absolutely tremendous. It's my favourite fight from that era, and it got covered up by fights that other people lean on as fights of the year, uh, yeah. you know, like Corrales Castillo and, and Gaddy Ward. And I, I'm sorry, for me, that fight, uh, it's just, there's something I love about it more, and it's just morbid with with fucking uh, Barrios wiping the blood off on the referee. <laughs> and the referee shot. Oh, yeah, that's just, thank you. It's just a jacked fight in a lot of different ways too. But As you got, guys dropped down in both uh, guys were dropped twice, I believe. You know, fucking you know, Argentina against Brazil, big rivalry there. Didn't often get it in the fucking boxing world. Where Atmosphere was guys. Class too. It was it was even a, a filled arena actually. To be when you got two guys who are basically you know well, it was a unified title and that, but I think Barros has been a champion at one point as well. That the place was absolutely rocking, and then also as it says. To, you know, to have like Freitas end the fight and what you know the manner of what he did, mate. And he looked fucked tremendous. in that 11th round. He did, he, he did. Fucked. This is this is the thing as well. And it was close in the cards. I'm sure one was a draw, and maybe one was going either side. And it was it was all it was all a fucking fight for in in, in in that 12th round. And he just turned it completely on his head. From what I can recall or can remember, um, I'm sure Freitas was was on the back foot for you know a good portion of the fight, but as I says you could some of those straight shots that you could you could get a lot of leverage in, especially in that right hand, and ultimately that's what paid fucking uh, Barros his fucking will at the end of the day. Who, by the way, I think Barros ended up in prison at one point for killing uh, a pregnant woman in a car accident. Right. I think it was yeah. you know yeah. done time in jail as well. So and Freitas and, and like this is an interesting it's it's an interesting fight because Freitas's best was great was exceptional he he was just getting like a little worn down I think by the time he fought Juan Diaz and shit like that but this is a guy who came back uh, well past his prime 20 pounds plus past his best weight and fucking beat the shit out of Oliveira and, uh, uh, Freitas is is a true badass and and um Barrios fought as, yeah. as, as early as last year, by the way, mate, just to let you know. He's, that guy's had a fucked up life too, man. He like yeah. went to jail for, uh, for hit and for, run, vehicular I... manslaughter, and uh, I think he was drunk. Uh, yeah, he's had a fucked up time. That's right. But, uh, I, but I, I, Freitas was fighting up at middleweight in his last fight, I believe. That was, when was that? That must, that's a good while ago, actually. It's five years, I think, now at least. He's but also he's got a win over Zahir Rahim. Uh, he's got one over Zahir Rahim, who'd beat, I want to say that he'd uh, Morales. Morales the fight before, I mm-hmm. think. Mm-hmm. So that's not a joke win either. He he was a he was a really incredible fighter. I mean, that was a good era for 130-135. I mean, you had him, Corrales, Castillo, Casamayor. Um, there were some fucking exceptional fighters around there, even before uh, Pereira Morales moved up with the uh, fucking Spadafuck. <laughs> if that guy could have kept himself straight, Steve. Jesus mm-hmm. fucking Christ, man. I yeah, mean, because no. he, he, he was a shell of himself, and he almost picked that title up. What was that, like 2015? It was a pretty close fight. Yeah, at one point around Super Feather Lightweight, you had Spadafora, Floyd, Freitas, Casamayor floating about. Only Freitas and Casamayor ended up fighting each other. But I think this is an excellent question by Declan, but given that kind of timeline he sets there. Corrales and Casamayor fought, didn't they? Yeah, they did, yeah. 
Oh, you got Corral. Yeah, no, I wasn't sorry, I wasn't including Corrales. I meant like the sort of Freitas Casamayor oh. kind of era. But Freitas was a hell of a puncher and he was a good he'd beaten Casamayor in 2002, then he beat Barrios in 2003. But I remember when he fought the fight after Barrios, Gregorian, he started looking like he was going through the motions to me. And then the next fight, he lost Corrales. So around this time frame that Declan's putting out, I think Freitas was on the wane by that point. And Valero, we don't know about his prime. But he was 2006, he beat Mosquera, so he was just starting to gather steam. So yeah. Freitas probably done a lot of fights by that point. He was a hell of a puncher. I'd say a few years earlier of Freitas and a couple of years after Valero, that those, you know, if we'd have had those versions, it would have been a hell of a fight. But I think Valero at this point in this particular, what Declan suggested, would have beaten Freitas. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm sorry, mate, on you. I was going to say, like, I would say, like, if you want a comparison of peak. You have to probably say Valero versus DeMarco and Freitas against Casamayor. Yeah. Fair? Yeah. And like, Freitas Casamayor was a close fight too, remember? But Casamayor, what a great stylist he was, man. Yeah, he, he, was, he, was, he could be negative at times. He really should have put his foot on the gas against Freitas. I think he let that fight slip. He let the judges give it to Freitas. You know, he, he just wasn't active enough. And a Cuban, who saw that coming? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, just just to let the guys know, obviously me and Steve did a, another uh, Edwin Valero um, punch for the past on the fight against Vicente Mosquera. First fight ever that you've seen Valero hurt and dropped. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, it, was, it was a very passionate Panamanian crowd because Mosquera was obviously Panamanian. He had to go fight away from home. Could have jacked it that night if he wasn't mentally tough, but he fucking turned it on its head as well. So... Valero showed his metal as well, and he did it on the road in a hostile environment. He fucking reveled in it. Um, as you say, what was the time frame again? What was the, the time frame of the, the question? 0506? Yeah. 0506. Uh, Valero beat Mosquera in six. By that point, Freitas was fighting. Was he fighting Raheem around that time? Or Corrales, Maybe Corrales possibly. rematch, possibly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, certainly the Raheem fight. Um, and the one uh, there we go, I just pulled up this week. Raheem 06, Diaz 07. That was his last fight for over, I want to say, four or five years. Yeah, possibly might have just caught him at the right time, to be honest with you. But there's no question that Fretis was was a quality quality operator. I mean, the names just don't lie on his record there. And as Steve says, the, the power was legit, absolutely legit. And well, and the what Andy, the one thing you got to say that you got to say you can't go entirely Valero on this one is the fact that Freitas was a good puncher. He was pretty fucking. He was a good sharpshooter at his at his peak too. And Valero fought with that chin straight up in the air, straight in the air, mate. But it was again. We've seen him hurt. We've seen him drop. I've always believed that Mascara fight was 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 the proven to me that that guy, even though he was losing the fight. Even though he looked like he was going to get knocked out, that was the way he was going to fucking go. The guy was just mental. Um, Fretis, I just don't know if, if it got to that level of like desperation or fucking like, you know, won't die in the ring with that bastard. Um, I'm not too sure. Um, I'm trying to think, was, was, was the Barry Jones fight as well? Because Fretis fought Barry Jones. Was that Barry Jones' last fight as a pro? It might it have been. Uh, that was when he won the WBF Jones, didn't he? That would have been yeah. about late nineties, was it? Early two thousands, something like that. Possibly, aye. Yeah, it was Barry's last fight as well. But you mentioned the cut. You mentioned the cut, Andy Valero. That just made him fight harder. Those cuts. Look yeah, at DeMarco, against Demarco. Good was pissing out of his head. Uh, I think as uh, that was not a punch or a accidental clash. That was a fucking elbow that caught him, and. Uh-huh. 
a lot of people would have fucking maybe maybe milked that. What did he do? He's like he's like saying the referee, elbow, elbow, taking over the doctor. Who was the ref in that fight, too? I mean, the great job by that ref, too, man. Like, it, other say, than letting the 12th round start, honestly. You, like, you want to give Lawrence over. Cole the fucking benefit of the doubt? Are you seriously going to say Lawrence Cole did a good job for, for he once? Did, was that, I, I'll give that one to him. I'll yeah, give that Lawrence one Cole. to him. Because that fight could have been stopped. I mean, God, I, that, that blood was, was nasty. But I mean, letting that fight go to its conclusion, I mean, that was it was amazing. Um I don't. I don't know. I just. I like Freitas, man. Like same reason I like Sergio Martinez. You know that they're stylists. Um, the size? They're hard to duplicate, right? What, what about the size difference in, and maybe the reach of Freitas? I, I need to go and check, but see what heights of one of them. But obviously, they, they fought both fought at one thirty uh, and one and one thirty-five. Yep. Well, I, I, I try. I think the, the Valero got a belt at one twenty-six. I can't remember, but anyway, but. Valero was just moving up to 135, and he was talking about moving up to, uh, was it 140 at that time, and then fight Pacquiao? He was chasing that Pacquiao fight. Everything yep. he was doing, that, that would have been a fucking war, too. Been... <sighs> Pacquiao, uh, I think Pacquiao would have fucking killed him. That's he would have chinned him at some point. That's the peak, that peak version of Pacquiao we're talking about here, you know? Uh, anyways, yeah, that that couple of good loopholes. Um, Dez says, the way Freitas fought against Casimir makes me think he beats Valero. So, I love that. Uh, that was a great discussion. Thank one, thank you for that one, Declan. Uh, that was fantastic. Um, man, I hope Rob shows up here. We've uh, we're carrying it on about as far as we can. We uh, wander through a few things happening here. We don't have Oz, um, but uh, we because ha- uh, we have a fight on Friday uh, for Bolton, England. It's going to be available on the Fight Zone for you, Steve, uh, with the Northern Area Belt on the line. Uh, Mike McGoldrick versus Matt McCallum. Uh, McGoldrick eight and one, McCallum four and one. Looks like they're sending him up on the fast track there, eh, buddy? What about the prediction league, mate? That's what we need to know about. Oh, well, we'll get to that. You, you right, settle okay. your fucking ass down. Just... Mike and McCallum, also, like, did you say? Matt McCallum. Matt, Matt. Matt McCallum. Yeah, he's Let's four and zero at this time. Yeah. Well, um, I've never heard of him, Matty, but I will tell you one thing: he's penciled in against Mike McGoldrick, and he's also got a fight penciled in. Um, a month later against Yoilton Neves, so there's confidence here in the Matt McCallum camp. I'm liking that. Ain't fucking around. Ain't here to play. Well, he ain't here to play after his last win over one and twenty-two Seamus Devlin. Did he stop him or did he go points? It went to the points, man. You ain't stopping Big Shame. I tell you, I don't think he's ever been stopped, has he? Him? No, uh, no huh? thirty-one losses. The Celtic Cobra. Look at his his box rec picture. What a he's sturdy a bastard. Yeah. What a, what a sturdy Got one win. Who's he beaten? Navid <laughs> Iran. There you go. Well, sucks to be Navid. <laughs> kind of a painful oh, thing to be that guy, isn't it? Yeah. It's kind of his it's fight zone, like, Matty, man. I, I don't know. Like, I can't offer you anything. And also on that uh, fight, undefeated Jack Rafferty going in against Oladi Fajobi. Huh? <laughs> Where's that? he you from? Got... Let's have a look here. He's from Nigeria. He's Fiji-born, uh, 36 years of age. Yeah, he looks decent in Matty. He looks like he could bang a little bit. He lost to Lee McAllister in 2022 in the basketball court Ghana for the WBO title. So that was an all-African affair between Lee and Olegide. <laughs> <laughs> now that Lee McAllister's Ghanaian national, isn't he? Yeah. Are you going to watch this one, Steve? Andy, you going to uh, tune on to no. turn on the fight zone? No, I'm a fuck. Chill no. out, man. 
a fight zone you've got to pay for that shit, mate. I'll be watching... Um, I'm not too decided yet. There's a couple of fights on Friday I might watch. There's a Japanese card on a Wednesday. I might sit and doing some paperwork. Uh, next week's pretty much sparse, though, isn't it? You have, um, an, you have an IVF 105-pound uh, title clash between uh, Ray Mark Quattro uh, yep. and Daniel Valadares yep. from Mexico on Friday. Yeah, I don't know who's carrying that one, actually. Or, when I say that, they... You know, in terms of you know, who's shown it, um, might be a decent enough fight. You know, Quattro's been in with, I'm trying to think now, he was in with Taduran, who's again another long standing kind of like belt holding. And I'm sure that, um, what do you call him? Is it Valdares? Um, seems an okay technician. Um, might struggle in situations where he's maybe getting pressured as such. So if, uh, I'll maybe go with a stoppage here in this fight. I'm maybe going to pick uh, Quattro by, or probably pronounce it, Quattero by uh, stoppage. Uh, so, yeah, I'll maybe watch that one. It'll probably be on, like, TV Azteca or something, like some shit like that. All right. Well, yeah, it, it probably will be. And that was what the ESPN feed was for the, the Hecky Butler fight. Did you watch that last night? Yeah. Yeah, that 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 oh, Hecky really pulled that one. Uh, I mean, the oh, la- yeah. I I only caught. What's funny is I I turned it on when it was like the fifth round because that's when the uh, um, Rodriguez fight ended, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and apparently that's about when he took over. And I mean, he just yeah. put on a fucking boxing clinic and, and getting that dropping him in the last round that sealed the deal. One fourteen, one thirteen across the board is rare. Legit, it was legit knockdown as well. There's nothing disputable about it. And that, as, as 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 I mentioned, you know. Earlier on, their Soto was just kind of made to look like he was one-dimensional. Really got issues with boxers who just use every part of the ring. Used his, as you say, used his his feet well. Didn't really get tagged as such. You know, it's boxed. End of the day, hit, not get hit. So uh, fair play to him. As I say, same. I wrote him off last week. In all honesty, to be fair, um, I just thought he was pretty much old. He's been out the ring now for the best part. Uh, or against legit opera- uh, operators, at least he's been out the ring for two, three, four years, he's come back and it's looked like he hasn't missed a beat, to be honest. So fair play to the guy. He made, made us all look foolish with our predictions, or me at least anyway. And uh, as I say, if he somehow, somehow beats Ken Shiro, who's been upset already in a, in a fight in the last uh, last 12 months, that would be the fucking comeback of the yeah, year, actually. Taraji's a good, yeah. I mean, it, it, I mean the, the, who's the guy he lost to? Uh, I want to say, was it, was it Yakubu or something like that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's a decent fighter. You know, he lost a fair bit early, but I mean, he's got a few decent wins on his resume, and he's yeah. become quite a knockout, you know, puncher. Uh, it. I mean, that was you're gonna lose a little bit here and there. Shit happens. I, I think Ken Shiro's gonna beat his ass, though. We we'll wait and see, mate. We we'll wait and see. As I say, um, I expected. You know, if you think Ken Shiro's gonna beat his ass, I expected Soto to beat Butler's ass last night, and um, didn't happen that way. So who knows? Sometimes we just get it absolutely wrong. You know. Yeah, no, no, I know, Andy. I know. <laughs> um, uh, this week, though, um, I got uh, the most points, though, Rob and I, since we, uh, that fight with Martinez uh, was uh, canceled. Um, since Rob and I picked stoppage for BAM, uh, we both picked up three points, uh, digging myself out of the gutter. Steve's uh, lead over Rob narrowing to four. Steve, mm-hmm. are you shaking in your boots? Yeah, I, I'm hoping that someone's going to push me off the top soon because I'm starting to feel the pressure a bit now. Like there's a bit of a target on my back because I'm top of the, well, I, I was top of Joe's prediction league as well. And when Martinez fell out, it was replaced by the Tyler Denny River Wilson Bent fight. 
So there's a bit of shenanigans going on with the two leagues here, Matty. But yeah, I'm feeling the pressure, man. I'm hoping to get. I never, I never picked that fight, so how did I? I didn't either. Yeah, yeah. So how did I? Better, I better get a few points for that for that win. What the fuck, Joe <laughs> Kennedy? Nobody asked me. I mean, I don't even know who those people are. You, <laughs> you would have picked River Wilson Bent anyway, wouldn't you, Matty? Probably. Oh, yeah, you don't get any well. points because he lost. The son of a bitch. <laughs> Uh, so I um, want to thank people that are in the chat. Sorry if I miss anybody here. I'm sure that I will. Uh, let's see. Let's pick up one from the bottom here real quick. Hey, Jim McDonald, McDonald Boxing wandered in here. Amit Sharma then to my list. Uh, Rob Barnett, M. Lithgow, Dell Baker, Johnny H.C. Nelson, Ben Russell, uh, David Lawrence Graham. Sounds very regal. Michael Thompson, Cedric Sniff, Big A. Uh, Cedric Sniff, Big A, perfect back-to-back uh, -back there. Uh, Mark Stanton, Luke Big L, uh, uh, Justin Dole, uh, Adam Hughes, James Webb, or maybe James Webby, uh, Younger Seven, Ryan Ormerod, Chase Athletics, Boxing Channel, MB Junior Malone, you know I'm not going to try to pronounce your first name, uh, Jordan Murphy, Des, Nathan Ford, and CHR, or maybe it's Chur. Um, I know it's not CLR because that's a uh, cleaning product. Stands for calcium, lime, and rust. Thank you for everyone for coming in today. Um, <laughs> yes, Steve. I was just going to say a special shout out to Justin Dull, who's hanging around in the chat there. He's one of our nutters. He was on the Patreon call last night. He's from North Carolina. He's a, he's a bit like a Poundland Gabe, but he's bringing the analysis in Gabe's absence at the moment. So shout out to Justin. <laughs> Outland game. Keeps all alive, eh? <laughs> you know, uh, just just further proof that uh, you know we're uh, two countries separated by a common language. Uh, you telling a woman that you're taking her to Poundland is totally different than what if I say that. Pound town. <laughs> <laughs> nah, Justin's a good guy. Shout out to him. So, uh, Andy, uh, on uh, Saturday, are you going to be watching some German action with Evgeny Shvedenko and uh, William Skull, both undefeated? Um, I don't know, mate. I mean, I've seen you guys. And I see this, uh, the promoters that is Aegon Sports, so there's a good chance it'll be free and available on YouTube. So I could possibly get you a link and let you watch it if you're so desperate to watch something. You know, you know so I noticed Gemma's got one, two, three, four cards on next week. Oh, and we can't forget take games and Chuck Wu. Sorry about that, take games. Love you, man. Um, yeah, there, there's a lot of action on there. A lot of German action means different things for different people, doesn't it, Andy? Oh, I do, without doubt, mate. Like, I dare say you both will be your betting odds and that, your parlays and that. So. I don't touch fucking... I haven't wanted to touch bet, betting on German fights since I used to see the cards coming out in like 2005, 2010, <laughs> that, that era. That was, those were some absolutely awful cards, man. I, I'm uh, telling you right I've now. Seen, I've seen some trash. This those is how right I, there. I can put the German cards into this context, right? If you think Sky and BT have been putting on shit shows... And some of the kind of lower tier stuff that the zone has been putting on, like Eddie and probably even Oscar at this point, and that outside of some of the kind of like main events that we maybe had, German boxing is literally in the slurry with alongside Sky and BT, mate. That's how fucking poor it is. Even some of the guys, okay, I remember I mentioned the name, the heavyweight Peter Kadiru, some like, I don't know, he's like he's German champion just now, he's a heavyweight, but he's, he's new back fight eight rounders against a guy who's 2 0. This guy should be pushing up to kind of European level type fights by this point now. 
Um, oh, it's, it's insane. Eh? Like if you look at the schedule right now, uh, bo- you know, worthwhile boxing events are going are as rare as uh, ab- abortions in America in the next year. Yeah, in I the could, early two thousands, Andrew, German boxing was buzzing, and then Klaus mm-hmm. Peter Cole. First of all, I think he lost his deal with ZDF, and then he started putting his fighters in the same in, in the stable together against each other, and then the winner stays on, kind of thing, to keep a contract. Then he disappeared. Then Cali Sauerland, he went as well. His son's just an absolute shit show. You know, they're no use. And then German boxing, they just have another stars coming through. Before, they were picking off guys from, like, Sturm, Hook, uh, a lot of the Russians, yeah, Bosnians, yeah. Baljoy, Hung- you know, Hungarians. Yeah. who weren't actually national Germans. They're not yeah. even coming through now. Yep, they were, they were picking up me all, as you say, Sturm, mm. Bosnians, the Hungarians, the Germans, guys who were relocating to the, the to Germany, yeah. getting big, you know, getting getting options as well, world title fights. I mean, you, um, was it Balotze you mentioned there, the Hungarian, he was WBO champion. Kawa Baljo, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. for, for about Zolter Erdoy was another Aye. one as well. Sturm was Adnan Katic, that was his real name, changed it to Sturm, more German. Mm-hmm. Had the Fragamini as well. Um, yeah. Senchenko held the belt for a while and got stopped by Melanagi. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> that still makes me giggle. And then obviously as well, you had the Klitschko's doing, doing their own thing, but they were still a big draw in, 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 in Germany. Even at RTL were throwing like 20 million euros at a contract. At there was loads of heavyweights at that time, yeah. Andy. You had the likes of Taurus Bidenko, Vladimir Virchis. Um, do you remember Dennis Boitsov? He was supposed to be the next yep. big thing, knocking people mm-hmm. out. And then Alex Lepoy stopped him. Yep. And Lepoy got the shot at Klitschko instead of Boitsov. It, it was it, a worthy venture, though, because they used to fill those soccer stadiums for mate, those fights. Mm-hmm. Mate, those, those crowds were, were like full at every event. Okay, I, think, I remember saying that something was kind of like but uh, kind of like champagne and prawn sandwich brigade, that type of thing. But they managed to cater to it, at least. And I've been at German events before, actually. It's, it's fucking brilliant. Certainly, completely different compared to you know how he, how he gets treated there here in the here in the UK, for example. But um, on you go. The, yeah, I was just disappointed through all the years of watching those fights from Germany. I never did figure out what the fuck Mick Fit is. <laughs> Mick Fit. Yeah, they used to be on the fucking ring aprons and shit. Oh, or best on the mats. or some sort. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know who the what the fuck Mick Fit is. Yeah. But uh, no, as I say, we're just having to, having to replace like the big stars, Sturm, Huck, Abraham, the Klitschko's. Those were your main guys who were filling out arenas and stadiums. Because they were all imports. There are not very many good German fighters. No, not so much that, mate. It's, 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 it's the fact is, even though the Germans like adopted them as their own, and they lived in Germany, they paid their tax, and they were stunned at the pay tax, I suppose, that's why they ended up in jail. But what I'm saying is, they, they, they got behind them. And they've never really had to, you know, they've not you know, really had anybody else come through, for example. You know, since probably Abraham retired was probably the kind of last high profile fighter. Yeah, I would say so. Um, maybe Sturm's fought in the last, uh, he fought six months ago, whatever it was, but these guys are all washed, man. Oh, that's you know, not done. You've got Matty, guys. I've just cottoned on. Sorry, Andy. I've just cottoned on to what you were saying, Matty. McFit, you mean the big sponsor? It's like fitness first, like a, it's like a fitness chain, like gyms and stuff. Oh, okay. Is that what you're referring to? McFit, yeah. MC Fit? Yeah, 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 I thought it was some sort of a McDonald's sandwich that they had <laughs> over there that we didn't get over here. I don't know. Uh. Well, there you go. That was, uh, uh, we've gone down some interesting rabbit holes. Uh, German boxing in the 2000s, late 90s. That was Marcus fun. Bear, Steve just mentioned him there as well. Remember he fought Danny Green? 
possibly Fort Danny Green, Fort Saki Obika, Fort yeah. Richie Woodall and Telford got, yeah, Fort Glen Catley. And then he got knocked out by Kessler at the end before Kessler yeah. fought Telzag. Kessler, uh, was a third round knockout, brutal That's right, yeah. That cemented the, the unification, didn't it? Yeah, it did. Mm-hmm. Good times. <laughs> there was always something to watch, wasn't there? On Justin when fights TV. could get made as well, there was no bullshit with like networks as much, you know. Wasn't there diluted content, shall we say? No, was, I'll, I'll tell you, it, where, where boxing kind of really went down the fucking tubes was when, um, and, and I, you know, it's it's insane that he's making the best fights now and they seem to be doing well. But when Al Heyman started getting fighters, those huge purses on HBO that didn't deserve them, it, you know, like my, my constant go-to is Andre Berto getting a million dollars to fight Freddie Hernandez. Like, I was like, what? Like that, like that's like the best negotiation of all time and also the worst negotiation of all time all at once. Um, it, like that was terrible. And, and it just got to a point with, with, the, with making the fights that that there there they there was just too much that got wrapped up into like single entities and they weren't working across the lines just to make things go and there's the single network contracts and things like that and uh th- that does that just um yeah i don't know it doesn't didn't quite do it i i, I thought that uh at times it seems like they they've been collecting content all right DAZN was better in the early days box nation used to do a great job in getting shit from all around the world but it's it's just it's a bitch getting all these different fights, uh, especially good fights. When, I mean, the way that they fight, they've they've had to come up with all of these uh, different dumb titles and things like that. Not just because the sanctioning bodies are corrupt, but because it doesn't matter who's number one in the rankings. If they're on Showtime and the other person's fighting top rank, the fight's not going to fucking happen. So eat shit. So they're like, well, I guess we'll give so-and-so the number one contender, the, the gold belt or the, you know, whatever they have to say to, to make it a title. That's not the title and and go that way it's 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 absolutely ridiculous and i don't know it's competition is is good um but uh when when the competition comes together to create the best product when there's no other route to go that's i mean that's it's even better Mm. Matty, sorry to be juvenile again after your good little speech there, but Johnny Horsecock Nelson reminds me of uh, peak German boxing Sven Otka with Kondomi, the Kondom brand, temporary tattooed on his back. And as he sweated, you'd see it gently disappearing throughout the fight. And then I think they banned them in the end. Hopkins had one against Trinidad when they fought. But yeah, he always had Kondomi tattooed on his back. See, see if you watch some of the Polish shows, actually, they still have that tattoo. Oh, do spe- they, right? Spe- spectacular ones. they like <laughs> complete mess. It's like a fucking full body, like. Albert, oh, you know. God. I guess getting back into the fights. You know what's going to happen here, Steve, is, is when we get to the fights that that are for the predictions, as soon as we get done with it, Rob's going to pop in here. You, you know as well. Yeah, sorry. and then we'll he's, end up going to like 40 past 11. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but anyways, we'll, we'll try. Uh, um, we'll start out with uh, Saturday, Queensland, Australia. Uh, cruiserweight belt on the line. Maris Bradis taking on the undefeated 21-0 Jai Apata, who uh, does have some amateur background, not entirely without. Um, we, we I think we might have briefly discussed this fight when it looked like it was happening in May. I uh, didn't get anywhere. Um, Steve, do you have any particular opinion on this fight whatsoever? Um, I, I mean, Bradis is getting old, man. I mean, that's the one kind of uh, unknown factor here. 
Yeah, there's some interesting things going on in this fight, actually. First of all, Bradis is getting old. He's not as active as he used to be. Uh, so Father Time could catch up on him. He's up against a young, hungry, undefeated guy. He's six foot three up a tyre. He's a southpaw. He's a bit of a unit. He puts his, I have had a look at him, actually. He puts his punches together pretty well. He was in against a guy called Kelleher, a bit of a human punching bag, but he managed to give him a bit of a beating. And if Bradis isn't on his game, I think it's going to be pretty close, especially given the fact he's away from home as well. That said, Bradis did deal with the greatest Southpaw cruiserweight of a generation in Usyk. Uh, well, I said deal with him. I mean, he, went, he took him to a majority decision closer than anyone else did at the weight. So he managed to find gaps in the guard. So if you can do that against Usyk, then you'd imagine he'd be able to do it against Opatoya. But Opatoya has things going for him. The home crowd, he's young, he's hungry. Bradis is getting older. I think Bradis will win on points, but it's going to be a narrow fight. I don't think I'll see Opatoya getting stopped either because apparently he's been in camp with Deontay Wilder a few times. And if Wilder keeps asking you back, you must have something to offer. And it's f safe to say he's going to have had his chin checked at some point if he's sparring with Deontay on a regular basis. And like I said, they're asking him back again. So he must have a decent beard. So if Bradis can't hurt him and Opatoya's got a decent enough engine given his youth over the 12 rounds, things can get pretty interesting pretty quickly in this fight. So I'm looking forward to it. Going for Bradis on points, but not as comfortable as people think, I think it's going to be narrow margins and Opatoya might give him a bit of a fight. If you can take Deontay Wilder's punches in sparring, then there's a chance he's going to he's going to be able to take Bradis' as well. Steve going Bradis on points. Andy, how do you have this one for our prediction league where you're you're trailing, uh, you're trailing Steve by eight. Didn't pick up any ground, didn't lose any this last week. Um, to be honest, mate, I've not had a good chance to have a look at that this Opatai, to be honest. So I'm maybe just kind of I mean, de defer to Steve, uh, to be honest with you. But what we'll say is about Bradis as such, um, the top was really kind of like go up to heavyweight. After it fought, I want to say it was it was Kowaki, uh, I think it was Kowaki. <laughs> um, obviously, COVID hit. He still got a belt at cruiserweight. He wasn't really, <coughs> excuse me, he wasn't really a you know, a name. Wasn't a force up at heavyweight. Um, so really, the, I go back to the saying: there's some people who transcend the belts. And there's guys like Bradis who need the belt to make himself relevant. And if he loses this, he just loses all relevancy as well, to be honest, because I'm sure he's also the Ring Magazine champion. So what a chance for Opataya, by the way. He'll make himself classed as potentially as, as the man at £200 would be incredible, actually. He come from basically fighting, I believe, domestic-level fights, regional-type fights, to beating supposedly one of the, the best cruiserweights of the last... I want to say the last decade, possibly, because there was a time, you know, uh, for example, he was um, in good fights. You know, Duradola was his kind of like coming out fight. Um, he's got that fantastic highlight reel knockout of Manny Char at heavyweight with the uppercut. Um, so he is to be respected. And I was I was ringside for the music fight as well. Could have went either way that fight, to be honest with you. Give music all he could handle. Um, but as you say, he's up in age now, travelling. He's not going to get any favours possibly, but if if he's if he's cleaning about his work, um, they they can't job him. It's it's that simple. But if if this guy's been sparring with Wilder, taking those shots, um, I'll probably side with Steve's comments to say that Bradis wins at own points because as well, I did see his last fight against Afterman. Um, it does say a TKO three on on his on his on his resume at least. Not, but in the day, it was it was now a, a TKO such. Back in the day, that would be classed as a retirement because it was a it was a bad cut 
in the aftermath, to be honest. Oh, there was a bad cut on uh, Breda's, sorry, I'm sure it was. Um, so that's the reason why that's a TKO3 on, on, on that resume or something. So, yep, I'll go points for Breda's. Andy going with points for Breda's as well. God, you know, it, it's just... Uh, th- there's got to be an upset somewhere, right? There's got to be an upset somewhere. You're still chasing um, it. Yeah, yeah, I am. Um, I'm going uh, with Opataya. Uh, let's see here. On points, possibly disputed. Yeah, possibly going to yeah. be disputed. I wouldn't be surprised, Matty, to be honest. Yeah, it's it's all a matter of getting to that final bell, right? Um, and uh, somebody has to redeem Australia after uh, the Cambosis performance against Haney. Why not this guy? That's true. Thing thing is, Opatoya, his level of opposition, it hasn't been great. He has no. 17, 18 knockouts maybe, but against who? Can he crack Bradis's chin? There's a lot of questions. Once Bradis catches him, you know, in a real fight, real gloves, has he felt anything like that before? There's a lot of variables there, but I just think given that Bradis is getting on a bit and Opatoya's hungry and given his sparring and decent amateur record by all accounts, Matty, I think he's going to be close enough, actually. Yeah, it, it, it could well be. Um, and, and I think if Bradis knocks him out, it's probably going to be early uh, because it'll be something that Opatai has never run into before. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll be it'll be the surprise factor. It, the right you know, hand is a, is a good weapon, isn't it, for Bradis? Very much so. And 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 if you know when it comes to punchers, um, you know sometimes after you you felt the power, uh, maybe you go down and you survive it. Um, you're able to weather the storm a little bit, whether that's you roll with it or it's just not as shocking to you. Um, so if Bradis is going to pick up this by knockout, I think it's going to be early. If it, if it goes to the cards, he could find himself shocked, disappointed, maybe feeling screwed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we'll go. We'll go for the domestic screw job on this one. Domestic screw job. Um, and then hopping over. Um, it's a good thing. I swear to God on ESPN, this said this was also in, in, in Australia. And I'm like, what? That's pretty weird. And then I went over to box rec and it said Wembley. And I'm like, thank Christ. Um, cause it would have made no sense. Uh, looking on just uh, let's bring them a show. Yay. Australia. But, uh, we have a card headlined by Joe Joyce and Christian hammer. Um, and also a 175 pound scrap between Callum Johnson and Igor McCulkin, who I vaguely remember as one of Kovalev's many victims during his time of destruction. Uh, but leading up to that Joyce fight, got a little bit of an interesting 122 pound scrap going on. Jason Cunningham taking on Zolani Tete. This will be in our predictions. Um, Cunningham, seven straight wins since he lost to Mick Conlon. Uh, and Tete has only fought four rounds in the last 30 months. Steve, uh, what are you thinking as far as uh, this fight goes? Hmm. Kind of thinking out loud, actually, having a look at this, Matty. Same as you. Cunningham's on a good run. He's having a bit of a swan song of his career. He's uh, your five. That was an important upset win. Brad Foster as well burst his bubble. And then he beat that La Courvier. I think it was a body shot in the last fight. He wasn't any great shakes. Yeah, MB, I agree. I like this fight too. As for Tete, he's a bit of a beast when he came over and knocked out Paul Butler. That was a, quite a long time ago. He's been a little bit inactive since then. In between Aloyan and Casimero, Casimero knocked him out, had a couple of years off, fought that Idi Kayumba. I think this is Cunningham's fight to win, actually. I think Tete, 34 years of age as well. I'm going for Cunningham on points. I think it will last the distance. I don't think Tete is going to knock him out. Cunningham's on a good run. Thinking of what Cunningham's like beard-wise, actually. When, has anyone ever knocked him out? He's been knocked out once. Let's have a look here live. 
Reese Pelotti back in 2017. I'm going for Cunningham on points, Matty. It's a good fight, actually. Yeah, I think Teddy's had his day and Cunningham's definitely a man on the ascendancy. So I'm going with form here. Points for Cunningham. All right. Andy, are you going the direction, the same direction as Steve Cunningham? Uh, not much of a puncher. Yeah, probably four said everything Steve said, mate, to be honest with you. It's, it's one of those classic type fights for Teddy. It's kind of, you know, certainly like, you know, middle-of-the-road fight type fight for him. You know, that bad knockout against Casimero a few years back. He hasn't really been active as such. You see, Cunningham seems to be picking up titles. He's picking up wins. He's, you know, like British Commonwealth and European champion. So, it's, um, you know, it's, it's not it's not to be sniffed at. So, yeah, I'll go with Cunningham on points as well. Probably slightly fresher of the two as such as well. Um, I try because the same as Steve, actually, if he's been... Properly chin checked, like eyes and as an ice dropped many times in fights. I don't think he has, to be honest with you. So, um, been yeah, around a while, Andy, as well, hasn't he? Against the good level of, of fighters, he's like a, Ma- a Maxi Hughes kind of a guy. I mean, you look at his record, yeah. you see the losses, and you see how many times they've they've been beaten by guys, but he just he's earned his stripes, hasn't he? He's matured into a exactly. really good fighter. Exactly, I mean, he's got he's got a loss to Cal- uh, Kalaji Five, who was like a world champion for you know, or a world belt uh, holder for a number of defenses. He's he's been in with Reese Pelotti, Conlon, Jordan Gill. These are guys who are like solid domestic level guys, and it's you know to, to become British Commonwealth and European champion. Sometimes you've got to go through guys at that you know, at that level. He's done that over the last what is it the last year or two, three years. So um, I think he's probably hit him at the right time. His boxing is always sometimes just about timing as well. And this could be this could be this time. So I think maybe strike is Teddy ranked world still, still world ranked at this point. Um, give me a second. I'm just going to pull up the rankings here. I just want to see if it's a some sort of eliminator of sorts. You know, I, I've 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 seen Cunningham fight a few times. Um, I'm just struggling a little bit to to think of anything specific, but he has been dropping guys a fair bit. And if Tete is over the hill, eh, you know, he could get that stoppage. So Cunningham's ranked six with the 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 BF. He is fourteen with the BC, thirteen with the BO. Um, clearly, hasn't he paid? Um, Mendoza's back pocket to get into the BA rankings at this point. So, um, yeah, what's that? I think if he wins this fight, I would, I would not be surprised to see him maybe get punched right up into the top three, top two. Um, you think about it, you know, if he wins this fight, I think um, put him, if, he, if he wanted to see if he's if he's at some sort of world level, if he, if he wins this fight against um, against uh, Teddy, for example, I would try him maybe against the likes of Neri or Ronnie Rios for last night. Yeah, that'd be interesting enough. I, uh, you know what? I, I think that he's going to. Uh, I think he's going to get the little stoppage here. I think Tete might be over the hill, um, and uh, you know, if he's been getting just random knockdowns here and there, um, he's just being sneaky. You never know. So I'm going to go with it. Well, let's go with the crazy stuff again. Let's go with uh, Cunningham by stoppage. I like that. I just see a right. comment in the chat there, actually, guy saying. Is he in the country yet? Hopefully there's not any issues in trying him in the UK. Huh. Well, that'd be interesting. That would add to the whole idea here. All right on. I might get lucky. Wow. Still no Rob. Still no Rob. Maybe midway through the Bellews. What do you think, Steve? Yeah, part-time only, Rob. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Um, heavyweight fight. Joe Joyce. Christian Hamer. Um Stay busy fight for Joyce. 
Andy, what, what do you think? I mean, it's a Joyce fight. He he should break him down with the jab, stop in the last half of the fight. Is that is that the direction you'd be going to on that? Last half? No, mate. I'm I'm expecting him to do it. I'm expecting him to do it early, to be honest with you. I, I'm trying to remember last time I seen Hammer fight, and to be honest with you, I think he's been taking up more L's than anything else. I mean, Tony Oak has beat him. Um, Excuse me? What? Tony who? Tony Mediocre, sorry. sorry. There you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> if you think there's a, I'm sure he fought me, they know. But yeah, um, look, he's, he's, he's certainly no one anything meaningful in terms of fights. I think, sorry, they don't fight Fury Fury as well. I'm expecting Joyce mm. to come in here and do it. I wouldn't, mind, I wouldn't be surprised if he does it in one round, to be honest with you, mate. Again, as I says, Joyce might need a couple of rounds just to warm it up a wee bit and just step into his shots, just keep the punches moving. And eventually he will shovel something in the and it's something and I was I would either say he knocks him out or he quits in the ring, something along those lines. I'll go Joyce by stoppage, run about the f- run about the fourth, but I would not be surprised if he does it way earlier than that. To be honest with you, who was he meant to be fighting Joe Joyce? It was Joe Parker, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Then Parker signed with. Probellum, did he? And now uh, it's out the window. Now he's signed with Ben Shalom. There's no, there's no agreement between Boxer and uh, Probellum, Matty. What's your mouth out? Oh, oh dear. So, Steve, what are your thoughts on this? Being sued, Matty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh well, give us something to do, I suppose. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's the time, you know. Uh, oh, yes, uh, same as Andy. For the risk of being boring here, I'm going to go for the same as Andy. Hammer has no business being in the ring now. He was a decent name back in the day. He was last seen losing to Frank Sanchez, according to Boxrec. I don't even remember that fight. Um, but yeah, Joyce, hopefully put the foot down a bit earlier, get him out there in four or five rounds, save us the tedium, and then move on to more meaningful fights. It's a decent fill-in. At least he's active. That's the main thing, but Hammer offers nothing for me now. Huey got rid of him in five. Joyce needs to be doing around the same if he's going to be enhancing his uh, reputation. Do you remember Tyson Fury beat him like exclusively as a southpaw? The one yeah. of the worst fights you'll fucking see, honestly. That was Hammer's breakthrough, wasn't it? It was, on, it was a Box Nation show or something like that. I think he Could fought him. Been, yeah. Been. He's been dragged out so many times. Luis Ortiz, they dragged him out to fight him as well a few yeah. years ago. Yeah, no interest in Hammer now. Beat Michael Sprott. Beat Erkin Tepper by a split decision, but it's possible I just up Tepper at that point. Beat uh, David Price. Knocked him out, actually. And I think Price actually had him done in, in that fight. Probably. Hammer Price, I don't even remember that fight. Yeah, that actually, I just seen it there. I, like, I, I need to go and watch that. Do the ends of the knockout, and you see some somebody get knocked in. Yeah, I'm gonna go back and watch it. When even your knockouts are not memorable, well, <laughs> life is a struggle. Um, I, uh, you know, I'm almost tempted Dip, to put this in there at like a three and a half over under as a backup fight, unless in case one of these ones gets fucking cancelled, as seems to happen every damn week. Are you going to set the bar at a three and a half? Yeah. Yeah, I'll take that. Okay, I'll say over. Yeah, over? I'll go over. All right, I'll, I'm, I'm going to go to fourth round there, so yeah. I'll go over. Over as well. I'm thinking four or five. He, t- he takes a couple of rounds to warm up, doesn't he, Joyce? Yeah. Okay. And since these are only for a, you know a point, so it's just a little punt. I'll go with I'll go under. All right, I'll, I'll go with I'll say that Andy talked me into the early knockout. Andy even said first round at one. Yeah, point. I did say. I did he, say. I he twisted see, yeah, my arm. Yeah, 
Horsecock here saying big price. He was in control against Hammer, then gassed out and quit. It's starting to come back to me a bit now, Andy. That was the yeah. the, the gassing out phase of, of right. Price's career. That's right. Before five rounds, he'd be all out of gas. Yeah. Uh, was I right enough saying that he dropped him in that fight? I can't remember. I don't know. I'll have to go back and watch it. I can, I can remember once um, Price, uh, he, he, he was coming up, he was fighting some sort of club fighter. Um, what was the guy? Tony, some big stiff idiot, just big skinny guy. I want to try and pull up his record actually, but it was early half of Price's career and he iced him with this fucking quality right hand. Uh, Tom Dallas, that was his name, I iced him with a right hand. And uh, Kelly Maloney, as she's now known, uh, was ringside saying, as, ah, he's the next heavyweight champion. Bellew, remember Bellew with the comments and that as well. <laughs> the air to the clutch go throwing mates. Oh, they were elite times, elite times. For, for Price, man, he was an absolute banger. Like, he could punch yeah. like a mule, but he just had the lung capacity of an asthmatic beetle, you know, fast about round three. <laughs> <laughs> remember, he had, remember he had big John McDermott doing, like, was it, like, iced him in, like, one round or something? Oh, that's right. He, he, he iced Big Audley, didn't he? Uh, I think he did. Mm-hmm. One round. That's what it was, uh, down heavily to... Uh, Osborne Mashimana, the big South African for the Commonwealth, I remember that one too. He was also involved in one of the greatest, well, no hammer such, but his opponent was involved in one of the greatest all-time interviews, post-fight interviews. Tony Thompson, baby. Tony Thompson, baby, <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. The wife's going to need a wheelchair in the morning, she's going to be crippled. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That defeated Frank Maloney hard, didn't it? Oh, well. <laughs> packed everything in there. Eh? Yeah, it, it wasn't the wasn't the second fight like a fucking repeat of the first. Yeah, exactly the same. Yeah, I remember, man. Fucking, I don't remember the post fight interview being as good though. That's, that's lasted longer. Than you can't you can't repeat a performance like that. That's the problem. Is I it's one of those things you try to duplicate it. It's going to be terrible. Like. I learned today there was a TV movie, uh, a sequel of The Jerk in like 1983. Like, how fucking awful could that be? No, Steve Martin. You you can't duplicate it. You can't duplicate see, it. See, see the thing that was just talking about Tony Thompson. I just pulled up his record there. And I actually remember uh, this fight or fights um, after the Price fight, right? So he actually got the final eliminator for the IBF belt against Kubrat Pulev. And then he lost that by decision. He then goes to Turkey and he beats Orlania Salis by a split decision. He then gets a Carlos Takam fight, and then he gets a rematch with Salise again, and fucking beats him in the rematch. Refused to come out the corner actually, Salise according to this. Um, so I just uh, get to kind of walk down that lane again. Eh? It's just remember some of these fucking names. Tony was a great heavyweight gatekeeper. You know, yeah, he, he's a great heavyweight gatekeeper. He did exactly what he was supposed to do. He was he was the one that Klitschko knocked out late with a, with a, with a, was it Chet left hook. Or by left hook. Didn't he end up fighting Klitschko twice? Didn't he get himself back into a... He got himself back into the mix for a second. Yeah, I think you're right. He was, like, totally lethargic. Do you remember? And everyone was like, oh, complete waste of time. That's right. Because it was was in Switzerland. Was that not meant to be... Was that not meant to be the Klitschko fight against Hay, I want to say? I can't remember now. Yeah, there's that one. There, there was an interesting era of of with the Klitschkos, with just some weird shit going on. Like one of the most horrible things I've ever seen in my life was the referee allowing Shannon Briggs to hear the final bell against. But, but you know what the ironic thing about that was? The referee was Ian John Lewis. 
who wouldn't <laughs> stop anybody else on a dime. Yeah, he let Shannon Briggs get their shit beaten out of him for 12 rounds. Somebody let the clutch go on hey, points. He put him in the hospital for a fucking week. <laughs> he was 10 shades of who remembers the pictures of like, let's go, champ, lying in his bed, like, literally, like, he's got a fat lip, literally, like, he's had Botox injections, he's got a fucking chin like a doorstep, his eyes are all swollen shut, and then they top it off, his fucking manager nicks his purse. He got beat <laughs> up for nothing. If, if ever anybody needed Ian John Lewis to jump in front of them and wave that fight <laughs> off, it was Shannon Briggs. <laughs> fucking, exactly, I know. You look at the Purenzo, and by the way, just want Tommy Thomas just to finish off. Do you can by the time I just, I just seen it here? See, by the time he fought Klitschko that second time, he was he was ranked top ten heavyweight at that time. Tony Thompson, just shows uh, you what a, what a was, comeback that it was. It was the he, IBF. He kept getting in with Andy. I think Aye. it was the IBF. You know. Mm-hmm. Aye. Just just one of those guys that kept finding a way to get into his title chances, you know. They they just can't seem to ever get over that hump, unfortunately. Tony broke Hip Thompson. Man, and uh I will tell you what, that that's um that's about all that there is on there, unless you guys think Callum Johnson against uh, Igor McCalkin is gonna be any interesting. That's that's about it. I, nah. I don't know. I don't know about McCalkin at this point. To be honest, but I think he's he's, he's definitely faded. Uh, Johnson. When did he last fight? Can I remember? Actually, just off the top of their heads, so I didn't mm. even check this fight out. Less less than a year ago, I think. Was it Callum Johnson? Mm. I th- I think he's had like three fights since he got whacked by uh, Better Beav. Right. So look, McCalkin. I've seen him on the road. I've seen him get knocked out. He's at a point in his career at this point that he is. Even a gatekeeper, he is a journeyman at this point. I mean, with that French dude, if it can stop me, or you're retiring after getting beat off for seven rounds off a French dude, um, I think that kind of puts a right on the wall for me, especially because being the opponent's been French and that. But Callum Johnson, just an activity, just killed everything about him because obviously it says that even with the Paterbe of defeat, he wasn't really disgraced as such because obviously they fucking knocked the guy down. And look at Baterbiev, looks like he's going to be his unified champ, but it looks like he could be the, like, the man in the division if he can get the Bivol fight sorted out and win that. But he's just fought, his last two opponents have been pretty poor. Shawnee Monaghan, I know he had a wee bit of kind of purple patch or something or whatever and that, but he's, he's done him in three rounds, but he's done nothing really much of sense or much note over the last two and a bit years, to be honest with you. So he really needs to kind of win this fight and win it looking good at least but I think McCalkin should be you know, made to order for me to be honest with you maybe stops and I'll go six rounds interesting yeah I mean uh, to, to be fair Callum Johnson did make Rob Saturday nights better he certainly did oh Callum yeah, yeah he should get rid of Michalkin Michalkin's a former drugs cheat as well and he went completely negative against Kovalev he's done now lost to Border League in his last fight Johnson needs to look better than his last fight get rid of Michalkin, knock out, and then move on to bigger things. No more messing around. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I, And I, I still think, uh, you know, I mean, and, and you know, better be of his own animal. I still think that Joe Smith Jr. was there for the picking for him in January and that, with that, uh, what, he have to cancel for COVID or some bullshit? Uh, so yeah, that was kind of a missed opportunity. Now he gets to fight, uh, you know, this dude. So, uh, you know, lucky him. Lucky him. Um, but, um, man, I guess we've held out for Rob as long as we can, Steve. So I'll turn it over to you for the belly of the week. Thank you very much, Matty. Rob might turn up. He might not. Who knows? One to episode 480 anyway. Andy, Matty and me. Steve leading us into the belly of the week. I'll tell you what, this is a belly you character, all right? Derek Chisora 
Take Aim sent this to me last week. Didn't get it up in time, so to speak. But Derek is busy preparing for his big fight, Carnage, as Eddie's calling it, against Kubrat Pulev, by engaging with a bit of local vermin. Our motherfucker's back. I'm going to get him this time. Motherfucker. He is back. Hey, I phone Eddie on. Yeah, what was the problem? Uh, I got bit by a squirrel. Oh, shoot. Yeah. Oh, ow. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, badly. Oh. Yeah. Oh, are we the best place for that? Squirrel. Yeah, squirrel, right, yeah. <laughs> what Great. the fuck? He actually so caught the... a squirrel and actually bit him. How the hell? <laughs> so now the pool have fight's going to be off because he got fucking rabies. Oh, sober lining, mate. That's what we're talking about. That's what we need. We need to do this. <laughs> Their, their first fight was so awful when I was watching. Like, they had a preview for it or something like that come up on DAZN when I was Came watching. Face off it, Bill. And it, well, and it said, it said, it said, Pulev Chisora 2. And I'm like, they fought before? <laughs> but the thing is, mate, what, is, that, is that a 10 8 round to the squirrel or what? 10, 10 7 post? I think so. him, he's, he's put him in hospital, mate. I, that's a post like 10 6. That's what I'm talking As if the NHS hasn't got enough to do, he's fucking running around getting bitten by squirrels. He's off his Exactly. Someone what? needs to, to, to who's in uh, Derek Chisora's uh, network, needs to get with them. And then they need to go to YouTube and check out squirrel catapults. And you can also find uh, schematics for them. And you just like bait them and you could like fling squirrels like 40, 50 feet. And eventually, like, you know, if, if they keep getting in your shit and they keep getting flung, they just kind of get tired of it and they'll leave your property. And they're squirrels, so they're used to, like, flying over, the, you know, long distances like that and shit. You probably don't kill them. So, you know, if you're an animal lover, uh, you feel good and they quit getting your squirrel shit. You know, so, Matty, uh, yeah. imagine after all the stuff we've said on this show that we get cancelled for animal cruelty reasons. <laughs> <laughs> that would be, like, very, very fucked up by YouTube because it is on YouTube where I've seen the squirrel catapults, Steve. I'm just discussing their content. Oh, no, but that doesn't get you out of things. You know what YouTube are like. <laughs> Fucking bastards. Uh, Marty Smith, continuing the Chisora chat, he says, just seen Chisora talking about smelly pussy and having a hard-on from Pulev in their shite face off <laughs> on my dream tonight. Surely a late value of the week contender. <laughs> I never saw it, man. I'm not going to even bother watching that fucking monstrosity. Fucking hell. But if he's, if he's dropping lines like that, I might, I might be, be persuaded. <laughs> but I need to be high as fuck. Kubat might think he's with Jenny Sushi again and get oh, stuck into Chisora. <laughs> mate, I, I wonder how much that's cost him. He's still fighting. He's even taking that Triller cash. Now he's over here taking... What's this? The zone? The zone? It's a pay-per-view. Yeah. No, I don't think it's pay-per-view. So no, but even it's a headliner, so it's all be headliner money he's taking. Absolutely, Johnny Nelson says seen Chisora lately. He looks about sixty and permanently confused. <laughs> I, d- dying the beard isn't helped him. Like he needs to, he needs to sack that off immediately. Immediately, he can't be going about like that, mate. He's <laughs> ancient. He's he's ready for the box. Oh dear. Anyway, let's get on to our nominations. This was sent in last week. Again, I neglected to mention it, so sorry about that. Whoever sent it in. The Gad, passing on his experience, grooming a new generation of uh, journalists, <laughs> including this fella. I can't remember what his name is, but there you go. Adam Catchell, yeah. isn't it? Oh, is that Catchell, right? Going. I thought it was the other one, yeah. Talk sport, the home of champions. All right, that's where, all, that's where the, the Gad with his vest, his Illuminati tattoo. Fucking state of that. 
Honestly, oh. Maz, he's actually, look at him. It's been, look at him. Who goes about with wearing the keychain at that age? Well, you know, it is the guard after all. Anyway, moving on. Lee the bald guy. Ebony Bridges has had quite the uh, the week. She was showing her cookie monster pyjamas. Lee the bald guy says she wishes Magic Mike was eating her cookie right now. Good night, buddy. I'll tell you what. These boys, they're going for it, including this slow month for IFL. The best of Ebony Bridges stripping off and weighing in for boxing purposes only. Content warning. There she is again. Quite a few people. Uh, nominating this for Ebony Bridges, but there's a bit of honesty. We like a bit of honesty, as Derek would say, Andy. You've got to be honest, haven't you? And uh, Ebony went on later to say, Who loves summer? I may have forgot how big they are when I ordered this recent bikini. And Joe jumped in and says, Wow, Ebony, just had a wank over this. We will get banned again for sexual and nudity content again when they get this fucking off the screens pretty quick. But yeah, what's. <laughs> Seen any other fucking professional man about outrage about fucking IFL putting that video fucking generalizing that woman, but you know, end of the day, the truth's the truth, so what the fuck, man? What the fuck is wrong with these losers? Ebony <laughs> loves it though, Matty man. The thirst is unreal. It's like the girl be dead. If you see some of the characters getting their fucking regalia off her, mate, like stuffing think... pants and that. I think she loves it because they're such fucking tool bags, and it's just funny to think this guy thinks that for some reason letting Ebony Bridges know that he's spunked into his belly button is gonna make her like DM him and say, Come over here, big boy. Hang on, Steve, right? See the thing idiot. is, Steve, the thing is, see when they meet Ebony Bridges, right? I bet you any money when they go home at night and they look at themselves in the mirror, they fucking look at themselves and say to themselves, Yeah, I'm the fucking man. <laughs> right? I'm, fucking, I'm telling you, everybody's done it and they're no fucking any different than they be fucking perverts, man. That's fucking outrageous. I'm thinking about that guy fucking standing there with the trunks with the fucking swedger looking face. <laughs> He's getting his fucking picture tin. What a helmet, man. What an absolute helmet. Oh, Ebony, she's bringing a bit of joy to the boxing fans around the world. We thank her for that. Uh, Johnny E. Scott is our next nomination. He says, random Monday night thought. Punches to the forearms should be counted in boxing as scoring shots. The more you punch someone's arms, the less they can use them. So their defence is weaker or their attack is weaker. Example, Canelo versus Mundo. Anyway, enjoy your night. <laughs> Who is that? Johnny E. Scott. Oh, that is my fucking hell. Punches to the arms. We, we've we've discussed that before, haven't we? We'll move on, I suppose. Uh, Liam Wynn, regular contributor, belly wit for Amir Khan, flirting with a woman and not realising he was live on TV during the boxer card. Chima versus Greener fight. Round three of four. Amir, oh, quick hands. Is Liam got a timestamp uh, in, in round three? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, you get a B minus on this one, Liam. Uh, you yeah. almost, you would have gotten an A if you would have, you know, told us like you know, like thirteen minutes forty seconds in or something. Yeah. But uh, but not bad, not bad. Good try from Liam. He's trying his best anyway. Uh, also trying his best is this guy, Dermot Sherry, has uh, sent in. But it's Dominic Henry who tagged us uh, amongst many other people. Joel Miller to fight in a KO to drugs festival. Couldn't think of a more worthy participant. Hashtag belly of the week. Thanks for that, Dermot. He, he weighed 342 pounds, Steve. 342 pounds. Yeah. Sorry, that's my nomination, actually. I, I swear Steve. I saw that when I was looking at it. That's, so, like, I had to get that out there since he's up there. Yeah. 342 fucking pounds. Steve, I've just put Derek Cooper's tweet in the chat there, mate. If you can add that up as well, just to, for a bit of context, mate. Uh, it would be fucking brilliant because you see him on the scales, you see that fucking belly and the man boobs. 
what he's got in his hands, mate. It just makes so much sense that that guy was on the fucking juice. If he's coming at that weight, though, Matty, that's ridiculous, man. He's he's got no shame, has he? I suppose he's a parody. He's a bit like Lovejoy, Matty. Christopher Lovejoy is like a parody character. It's just beginning to get really ridiculous, and I was like him at like. 290 pounds like uh, the PEDs are not like he looked like a beast he's definitely one of the more disappointing heavyweights for me in the last few years there we are Andy. i've managed to cut it for you yes yeah, look at that look what happens <laughs> when he can't have fucking drugs like it's like he ko'd drugs but he took on ice cream this is fucked up look at the kebab up. man the kebab looks amazing he's need some fucking garlic fucking mayonnaise with that man been tremendous Good old Joel. Hey, Rob. Oh, Rob's on the call with us. Good evening, Roberto. Yeah. How are you? Yeah. You there, Rob? Check the private chat there real quick. No, no. Can you oh. hear me or no? Oh, oh, we go. Yeah, we go. yeah, sorry. It was on the dodgy headphones. Um, I was saying I fucking had planned on being on this pod like, from the start. And just family like want to fucking hang out with you and all, don't they? Like, it's a fucking pain in the ass. Fucking, don't they know have Ricky Gravel? Need to put a stop to that, Rob. Keep happy. Fucking demanding my time. Have you considered being less likable, and then they would want less of your time? It's a fucking gift and a curse, Maddie. What can I do? You know what I mean. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Rob, we're halfway through Belly of the Week. I'll finish Belly of the Week, and then I'll bounce, and Matty can take over and talk to you more depth there, better. Oh, great. Thanks, Siri. It's gonna be the show. It's gonna <laughs> since, since we can't do Sundays with Katie because you're a selfish dick. It's gonna be Rob's corner. <laughs> Katie was in Wexford CBS yesterday. By the way, this is getting a bit fucking too close for home. She was spotted in Wexford with Eddie Bulger, uh, Wexfordian, who's the German national coach. So yeah, fucking watch this space. You'd be like a Tourette's kid. You'd end up fucking going up to her and be like, "Hi, Katie. My name is Rob." <laughs> <laughs> Part of me would want to taste the water all right there to see what she fucked. Does she have a sense of humor? I don't know. <laughs> I'd say she would. Anyway, sense of humor for this one here. Banderpool has nominated, double nomination, Ryan Hart, Bruce Lee versus Mike Tyson, both in their prime. What would happen? Give me details. Pizza Hobo X says, I'd put my money on Tyson, but I would never count Lee out. That being said, weight difference makes it an unfair matchup, in my opinion. Put Lee against Mayweather, and we would have a much more interesting fight. <laughs> this is quite the rabbit hole. <laughs> i tell you what, I actually, we are, I already know the answer to this because uh, we did a, an in-depth analysis on this uh, outside my house in 1987. <laughs> um, me and the lads on the street, like, and we came to the content- consensus that Bruce Lee be winning until Mike Tyson hit him with a box. So it's hard to fucking hard to, hard to argue against that one. Like, is it really like that's set in stone, isn't it? So I, I I actually favor Bruce Lee in that matchup. Like he had to slow himself down just so cameras could capture him. The yeah, he, a lot of variables. Like you'd say Tyson, you know, Bruce Lee be winning until Tyson catch him. But then what if Bruce Lee tastes his own blood? And go, oh, tastes his own blood. And it's like, <laughs> freak the fuck out. You know what I mean? Dude, I have I have seen him fuck up uh, everybody from Chuck Norris to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. The guy was yeah. not to be fucked with. Well, Bruce Lee, from one uh, circus to the other, Michael has nominated Prime Groat. Here he is, Clarissa Shield Street. I'm not sure exactly where it is, but she's had a street named after Clarissa. Looks like they're having great fun there. I'm loving the blue hair, Andy. She's looking well, the quote. Yeah, uh, yeah, she's okay. She's okay. 
It's getting plus that's points. Good, that's got my wig though, eh? No, it's no, mate, because I know that's fake. That's a wig. Hey, hey, hey Rob, it, it's Big Kim. <laughs> Big Kim Rodney. <laughs> well, we like we, we like to th- keep things topical on this show, Matty. So here's AB. Uh, without abortions, I would have almost 30 oh, kids. Heartbreak. Hashtag still adjusting to fame. <laughs> Can I touch that one? In the room, if there's somebody that you need to roll in on fucking roll versus fucking wave, it's definitely Adrian Broner, right now. He's the oh, first person hey, you want to get on the line. Hey, Rob, just be glad that you live in a more socially liberal country than I do. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking there's, there's fucking features and benefits for everywhere, I suppose. <laughs> Which one of you guys is sponsoring me for citizenship? I've made it 37 years and I don't want to test the waters. <laughs> you come and live in one yeah, of my yeah, barns, Matty. Yeah, you'd love it. Yes, you'd love it, Wexford. I'll live in. Is Wexford better than living with feral cats in Steve's barn? <laughs> Don't know. There's a lot of fucking similarities, to be honest with you. <laughs> Fellow kids, let alone fellow Yeah, yeah, cats. exactly. <laughs> anyway. When you're Carol, watch my stuff, man. Tim Boxeo. This is how you come to the ring in Germany. Didn't manage to get it cut. It wouldn't cut for some reason, but Damien Al- oh, Alman nominated one, right. this. You see it, Andy? That was, <laughs> that man was drives a... up and gets yeah, dropped I... off. That was that was the WBU title uh, card I was talking about, mate. So I asked us what happened. There's some fucking old ancient football stadium, and it, uh, it was the fucking practically the ring was the other side of the, the other side of the pitch. So I think it the fucking car driving across. Lazy bastard! This is a fucking run across the pitch, mate. Lazy cunt. Oh yeah, try and get that one for next week, maybe. Uh, Captain Chunk is nominated Rick, Rick Glazer. Happy birthday. Hashtag Daniel Kinnan. Hashtag Boxy. Oh, <laughs> Give it a done. Give it a done. I quote tweeted that to the FBI. He <laughs> came back calling me a fucking rat. <laughs> he hasn't a fucking chat, has he? Glazer, like, he hasn't got a clue where to fucking read the room mental. at all. Like, <laughs> Oh, he never took that well at all, mate. But he never blocked me. He never blocked me. So the FBI made me want to look at him a wee bit. Well, I hope he's not booking any flights soon. Let's put it that way. <laughs> ah, he's not going anywhere. Like He's probably hiding in his fucking mother's basement somewhere. Ah, Glazer's a nutcase, man. He's in the right sport anyway. Um, he's in the pod. Fuck oh, we should do. Declan's nominated this one. The Zone. I, I think they're troll. I count this. These fighters born in 2000 aren't going away anytime soon. Xander Zayas, Jesse Rodriguez, Diego Pacheco, Campbell Hatton. Fuck's sake. Rodriguez would murder every fucking, every, every one of them, by the way. I'm telling you right now. Especially Hatton. Pacheco wasn't great in his last fight, and Zayas is well, he's a prospect. Isn't the idea of Campbell Hatton not going away really, really depressing? <laughs> yeah, he's going to be here to stay for a long yeah, time. We got, your, we got your fucking schedule started for the next six years. <laughs> you should fight his dad. We'll never forget. You should fight his dad. That's what you should do. Oh, God. I hope man. that's the end fucking goal for one of these juniors that they, that they fucking just end up fighting around, lads, at the end of it when they're all fucking sucked out, fucked out, looking for a handout. <laughs> <laughs> good old the, the, the good news is uh considering that Kinahan's lot lo- is locked up there's you know, getting locked up there's gonna be less chance of these guys getting a cocaine addiction over the coming years so uh you know better odds on them great bunch of lads fully endorsed 
Uh, Design boxing again here. Hashtag Usyk Joshua two in Jeddah. Uh, true Billy Bell uh, seventy nine says bitter Biev will knock out these two guys in the same night. <laughs> Michael Thompson has nominated him for that one. Fuck Good old man. Billy Bell end. Anyway, why does uh, why does Usyk look like he's auditioning for uh, the Ukrainian Mate. Cypress Hill? Mate, I'm telling you right now, Usyk. <laughs> did anybody see the fucking the or probably coming the video? A uh, or the promo that he did, the two of them in the ring. And Yuzik actually just cuts off to say he starts dancing about the fucking place and Josh was just looking at the floor. What a fucking the guy he is. I'm telling you, Yuzik is going to win this. Easy. He's, he's, oh, he's making the moves of a bit man, as they say in the Traveller community. He's a bit man, Anthony Joshua, isn't he? Eddie, yep. let him off the lease again, pal, will you? Fucking let him off the lease and let him say what he wants to say about big meats and all. Don't be trying to censor him. You're fucking... Every time you have him sticking to the script, he just sounds like a fucking robotic moron. Like, he's, he's, he's doing some promo this week with JD Sports and he was like, yeah, so I took an L. I took an L because the guy wanted what I had. And we spoke about that earlier. He wanted what I had, and I just didn't push it enough. What the fuck does that mean? What does that mean? <laughs> fucking absolute trite nonsense. Just fucking let him off the leash again. Let him come in, flip the fucking table over, say free big meat, and let's fucking let's have it. Stop I'm from near cloth. Yeah, let's stop fucking having him fucking try to pretend to be a PR robot. He's going to short circuit again. It's too much pressure for him. Let him be himself, Ed. Evening, Ed. <laughs> PR robot. Good old day, Jay. It's too ferocious. Too standard bearer. Only Eddie could sign the man as the standard bearer of the channel. He's just about to get beaten in a couple of months' time. Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> oh, by the way, see people are going on about Jesse Rodriguez being signed by Eddie. He's also signed with Tekken. So Mr. Honda's also got a self a is also a promoter with him as well, so just to let everybody know that. Mr. Han, we're back to fucking Bruce Lee again. Exactly. Mr. Han, man. Does, 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 does Tekken have Ioka? He, he do, I think he do. Oh! So, I, uh, I love that fight more than any of them. I think Ioka's closer to his best than, than the rest right now. Anyway, back to value. When, when Rob came out with that Bruce Lee comment, I'm thinking about fucking what's his name? Uh, Locks talking to smoking barrels. Oh, the guy oh, does break uh, top. I don't care if you're Muhammad Ali, Ali fucking Bruce, Bruce, Lee. <laughs> Bruce Lee. I don't I'm care. I don't give you Muhammad. I'm hard, Bruce fucking Lee. Oh, that's why right, yeah. he, he can't change fighters. Break <laughs> <laughs> top, man. That top, Frank Warren. <laughs> that wasn't it. Was he caught? It was a uh, snatch. Snatch. Yeah, snatch. yeah, that was snatch. Yeah, that was snatch. Yeah. Watch your mouths. Oh, I snatch Jeff. I'm going to get cancelled again. Anyway, final one here. Wilder's right hand. The only person that can beat Baturbiev, in my opinion, right now, is Boo Boo Andrade. Dude is very underrated. <laughs> <laughs> Where did this come from? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Who? And this guy has the audacity what? to call himself Wilder's right hand. I'm going to block him, by the way. I, I don't want to see. <laughs> I'm that, right now. That's at. Wrath, that's W-R-A-T-H, Nightmare. That was a fucking nightmare take, that one. <laughs> oh, random hell, one. Shout out to Boren for nominating. Now, that's all the ones that I've got this week. Yeah, Matty, that's nowhere near as... Uh, <laughs> listen, Matty, that can't be anywhere worse than what I came out with last week, the way Spence being pound for pound number one. <laughs> By the way, just to so, so like again, ESPN, I've got Terrence Crawford number one, just FYI. Yeah. Right, there, there he is. He Blocked, is. Done. Fucked. Good stuff. Uh, apart from him, Andy, anything for Belly of the Week from you, please? 
Uh, nothing for me, I don't think, mate. Wow. Nothing for Monday. There you go. I've Same kind of weeks. I've been busy as fuck, though, eh? Absolutely um, chock out the water. No problem, Andy. Nothing from him, nothing from ours. Anything from you, Matty? Uh, I, yeah, obviously we had uh, the fat-ass Gerald Miller. That was definitely a good one. And then I just, uh, some of the uh, the banter on uh, on uh, DAZN, uh and uh, was pretty good, uh, just what they had going on. Uh, also, there was, there was audio testing um, that was going on at the same time as a fight, and uh, somebody just kept repeating, one, 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 one. Um, so that was pretty interesting. Um, at some point in time, Todd Grisham said to Sergio Mora, Sergio, can you even spell Mississippi? Sergio replied, yes, I can. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they give Mora some stick on that, don't they? Yeah. Uh, then Mannix, uh, on, the Brian Vera fi- on the Brian Vera fights, he said, I scored both for Vera. Sergio Mora said, I broke a ligament. Um, so there's just uh, just a lot from DAZN. I got I got to say, they, there's just a lot to offer. And everything seems like fun and games until Sergio Mora decides to punch one of the arrogant honkies. <laughs> I, actually want to hear, I actually want to hear Mora punch that Todd Grisham during fucking commentary one night, man. I, I ain't just a fucking dick way he goes on. So Mora's not that cunt kind out. Of Need to get on DAZN or there'll be no jokes for you, Andy. Uh, exactly, mate. Exactly. I shouted to Bob Arum, who, who took out Leonard Ellaby's dead zone comments <laughs> as well this week. I thought that was quite a good one. Didn't get it cut, but there you go. Uh, Rob, any nominations from you, please? Rob, any nominations? Yeah, um, I have one. I don't know if you covered it already because it came on late, but it was uh, Ebony Ebbs. <laughs> Evening, Ebbs. Oh, yeah, we got them. Ebbs for the Jebs. Yes, yes. <laughs> Long day breaking the internet, she said. Who the fuck is this one? I think she is breaking, breaking the internet. She's actually mate. That's what I'm saying. Like Kim Kardashian and those, those that was breaking the internet, wasn't it? The whole world was talking about it. It wasn't just fucking the guy and the group chat, fucking the AFL group chat. Like, relax. Anyway. Okay, then let's go through them again very quickly before we make our picks and get out of here for the night. We had the guard himself getting stuck in there with Mitchell Cattrall. We had Ebbs breaking the internet and breaking the hearts of her fans, including Joe, who was getting uh, uh, getting going like Wilder's right hand. We had Johnny Escott talking about punches to the forearms counting. We had Liam Wynn, uh, Amir Khan's flirting at ringside. Lee the bald guy, we've mentioned him as well. We had Joel Miller fighting in the KO Drugs tournament. Ooh. We had Bruce Lee versus Mike Tyson. We had the Groat Street. We had uh, Adrian Broner. Excuse me. We had uh, the car in Germany as well coming in there. We had Rick Glazer. The best of 2000, Usyk and Joshua. Uh, Wilder's right hand himself. And also Derek Chisora with the squirrel, Matty. Who are you going for this week? Episode 480. You know, it's 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 kind of a tough one for me, Steve, um, uh, with 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 the Adrian Broner in there, and also obese Gerald Miller. Um, it, it's really tough, but I I don't want to make light of a, of a fucked up situation here, so I'm going to go with morbidly obese Gerald Miller. Good stuff, Matty. That's his nomination. Who you go? Uh, that's his pick, actually. Andy, who are you going for? Um, yeah, I'll go with the same, mate. I'm not wanting to pick up the, the, the AB one, to be honest with you. It was a bit too soon, so yeah, I'll go with Jarrell Miller, the fat cunt. Two for the fat cunt, Jarrell Miller. There he is with his food. Fucking size of that, man. <laughs> Just Fuck before you... <laughs> 345 pounds, mate. Holy shit. 
He's so he's start he's looking like fucking Riddick Bow and Riddick Bow is half brain. The thing is, the thing is, Tay, see, see that Magnum and that kebab, the fucking about the same size as him. Look at the size of that man. <laughs> it's a legit picture of that by the way, just so you know. The PEDs were the only thing keeping him reasonably healthy. Fucking hell. <laughs> I mean, look at, his t- look at his tits, man. They're almost doing his fucking. I'm telling you, James Tony's worst. He had a great shot of beating fucking Tasha in Madison Square. Exactly, man. Could have been remember, fucking every champion in the world. Him. Remember, he put out that video to on Instagram, and he's like, he didn't say nothing, but he just pulled these faces and deep breaths. That he fucking knew. He knew he'd fucking missed his chance if he could just let his hands go, keep his shit in order. Fucking size of the cunt, though. Look at him, though. Look at the size he of him. Every, he, let his, he let everybody down. He let Serafina down. He's actually in a position where he can actually... He's actually in a position where he can actually pick us out of underneath his tits, man. That's how fucking mabisi is these days. <laughs> you have to remember, he's like 6'4 or 6'5, I think, this too. So you're talking basically like if Dillian White weighed 340 pounds. <laughs> fucking Dillian White's not a fat He seems happy, though. He? Seems very jolly. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, fantastic. He's going to be able to be Santa Claus at a mall somewhere. There you go. That's two for Joel. Not, not if they're fucking doing any testing. No <laughs> 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 reason those. Ra- no, no wonder those reindeer are flying. Who you going for? Oh, Ebbs all day. Oh, Ebbs all day. There she is. <laughs> <laughs> Good old Ebbs. I think Steve is doing that one on purpose. Rob, Rob, <coughs> got a question for you, mate. Oh, yeah, Tom, for fuck's sake. Come on. Of course Come you on. Would. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Faster than Walder's right hand, Abel. Oh, mate, mate. You'd be all I, don't know, like I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Shite. Then he gives it, man. You'd be like, fucking take no, one with the mass eating wine on me. You'd be all at it. No, listen, listen, listen. Imagine how to fucking listen to that. I'll see you. i got the Phoenix for art. No, Fuck off, man. You know, you take me crazy serious. Yeah, 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 you're a boxer, are you? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good nomination there for Ebbs. I'm going to go for Joel Miller as well with a special shout out to the Boo Boo Android comment. So that just tickled me. I thought it was quite a funny one. <laughs> Congratulations, though, to you, Joel Miller. Tobias, talking fucking Boo Boo Android. <laughs> <He's> just... <laughs> it's just such a random one, that. But yeah, I think Joel gets the vote for me as well for the KO Drugs Festival. He hasn't won much lately, but he's won the value of the week for episode 480. Congratulations to you. Just before I hand over to you, Matty, shout out to our latest Patreon subscriber, Andrew Wedgwood, who joined over at patreon.com forward slash Boxing Asylum. Andrew Wedgwood has already jumped into the Nutters Messenger Forum. Shout out to him. I'm going to shoot. Thank you very much, Matty. You carry on. Cheers for having me. See you, Steve, man. Fantastic. Thank you, Steve. And uh, all right, Rob. So why don't you give us a roundup of the action, and then I'm going to give you two fights to actually three to give uh, picks on. Um, Why don't I? Because it's against the format. This is Belly of the Week. It's time to say goodbye. No, no, um, no, 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 you're stuck. Uh, what was so Bam Bam Martinez versus Wrong Versailles? Rod Rodriguez. Oh, sorry. Fucking Rodriguez versus Wrong Versailles. Uh, uh, Gecko fight. What You're breaking up like crazy, Rob. It's crazy. It's your time, and now you're breaking up.
Oh God! Now we've lost yeah. Rob. No, no, now can you hear me? Yes. Uh, yeah, no. So uh, Jessica McCaskill on the undercard there. Good old Jessica. Good to see her back out. Uh, yeah, no. What's it? I think he's a star in the making. He's with the zone, isn't he? Um, don't know what's next for him, but enjoyed the performance, and we like to see a stoppage as well. I don't. It was. It would have been still a great performance if he had about box wrong was I. And like definitively beating him over twelve rounds it would have been still like a serious scalp. But to stop him was even better, like in a kind of a star making performance, wasn't it? Like which is hard to do at the lower weight, so we'll see. But uh, I definitely enjoyed it. Um good display of footwork, getting in and out, setting up angles, and the exclamation point is where we always want to see that, like if we can. So um don't really have much else to add to the to the action came in the game late. I always feel Weird, given the fucking analogies after Belly of the Week, it's a bit, a bit strange. But what's the what's the prediction for next week? Where am I, by the way, in the prediction league? I'm up the fucking chain now, am I? Yes, Rob, because uh, you, along with me, picked a stoppage in uh, in the uh, Bam rodriguez rung Vasai fight. We were able to pick up a point on Steve, and now you're only four behind. Um, and since fights are getting canceled left and right, and we got to over-unders uh, that we only give out a point for, I know. So... Three and a half rounds, so that's a minute and a half into the fourth for Joe Joyce against Christian Hammer. Steve said it's going to go over. Yeah, I think it'll go over. I think it'll be about five or six rounds before Joyce gets his rhythm. He's a slow starter, isn't he? He fights at a good pace, Joe Joyce, but it normally takes him a little while to pick it up. So I'd say he will get him out of there, but it'll be on the over. He has to get him out of there, really, Joe Joyce. Don't he? If he wants to be in the argument now, like... Um, he's going to be pushing for a version of the title. I think he's mandatory, is he, for the IBF or something after this fight? So, if there's not going to be unification after post the the landscape of Usyk Joshua too, he's going to be there knocking on the door. So, he needs a win, and could do with an exclamation point on it. Like, so I'd say he will stop him, but I think it'll be yeah, probably after six rounds. Like, all right. Well, yeah, I'm the only one that said under, so you're probably right. <laughs> um. And uh, then uh, we got the cruiserweight fight from Australia with Maris Bredis fighting the undefeated uh, Jai Apataya, who uh, coming in uh, 21-0, 17 knockouts, I believe. Um, yeah, Bredis is strange. He's been crying out for a fight with Jake Paul, hasn't he, for the last fucking year and a half. He's turning up, looking for a Coley as well. Um, is he the B-side in this fight, by, by chance, Bredis? What's the, what's the crack? I don't know much well, about your opponent. Well, it's, it's in Australia, so I mean, so it, yeah, it, home, must home, be like, home cooking is possible. Yeah. And your man's undefeated. I'm going to say Bredis. Yeah, Bredis by stoppage. All right. You're the only one that went Bredis by stoppage, but everybody said Bredis except me. So, again, you're probably right. <laughs> All right. So, uh, and then we got uh, a good fight uh, that's going to be over there on, uh, God, I think this is on the Joyce uh, card. No, yeah, I think this one is on the Joyce card uh, with uh, Jason Cunningham and Zolana Tete. Uh, mm. And Steve went Cunningham on points on that one. Yeah, Tete, Tete can have stinkers as well, can he? Like, um, yeah, we'd stick with that. I'll go with that. I'll, I'll go with that. I haven't, I've gone for two stoppages, haven't I? So I'll go for Cunningham and a points win. Same as everybody except for me. I went stoppage. So, again, you know, that's going good for you. Betting against <laughs> me is solid, man. That's, <laughs> that's, uh, that's, that's, the, that's the house favorite. <laughs> so, yeah. right on. Well, thank you, Rob, for coming in. Sorry you didn't get in as early as yeah, you wanted Sorry I was late, guys. One hey, of those things. 
Such is life, man. Such is life. Um, I'd like to thank Steve for being on here, Andy as well. Uh, we'll be back next week to limp our way through this summer of uh, eh, sparse fights, to say the least. But we appreciate everybody for coming in here. We appreciate everybody uh, that is uh, part of our Patreon. Uh, thank you for checking us out on Spotify, YouTube, iTunes. Uh, just make sure you rate us wherever you go. We appreciate that. Helps to spread the word. Um and we will be back here next week for fifth episode number 481. Until that time, I've been your host, Matt DiGiannardo. You folks have yourself a fantastic week. We'll never forget. We want to be honest, yeah. Crying like a little bitch. I've never met a fucking soul I can feed me. I fell asleep. I fell asleep. You're a fucking bum, you're a fucking asshole. Rumpo fucking stealth skin. But allegedly Oscar Rivas has has failed has failed a test. Seven year aim. Seven year aim. I don't fucking smash, fuck are you? I hope you fucking die. Be safe. I love boxing sounds, as simple as that. Sports Social Podcast Network.